Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 14 of the Intermission Podcast, the show where two film students discuss classic, iconic, and obscure films from times gone by. We are your hosts, Oscar W. Fitchett. Robbie Tweedale. There you go. Uh, you didn't do a... <laughs> no, I went straight with it this week, all right? <laughs> I'm, I'm the straight I'm, man now. <laughs> I, I'm the, and I'm the comedic psychic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the comic relief. <laughs> on, I've got one last bit of coffee to down. Hang on, give me a second. Go on. You can do it. That looked so weird. <laughs> there was more than I thought. There was more your, than... your mug fizzed out of reality, so it was just you doing that. It looked really weird. Excellent stuff. It's a great. And if start. you don't, and if you don't know what Robbie's on about, and you're only listening to the podcast, go on you go on the YouTube channel to see what yeah what there you just go. happened there. There you Plugging go. It. And also, right, also breaking the fourth wall once again. Yes. This is on. I think late January at this point. This might be early February by this, this point. I think probably yeah. By the time of, in terms of uploading it. Uh, but as of right now, Robbie, this is the first one we're actually recording. That's after Christmas. Indeedy. A merry, merry one at that. Although A, a merry, merry Christmas. Unless if you're in tier four and you, you know, it was cancelled. But... Yeah, unlucky race. <laughs> I haven't messaged him actually to see how he is. I probably should do it at some point. Neither have I. I don't... No, you know what? I'm gonna... I mean, I'm not calling Reese out in a malicious way. I'm just saying this. The only time I ever hear from him... It's, it's it's the most business type of thing he always does. It's like we break up for a for holiday. He go everyone goes home. Everyone fucks off away from Hartlepool, and no one speaks to me except you. And then, <laughs> and, then and then the only messages I get is like work related. I get like a message from Reese, be like, "Hello, Oscar. Hope you're doing fine. Hope you're enjoying your holiday." Do you know blah, 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 blah? And then he just goes on to say something about, like, do I know something about a brief? And I'm going like, hi, Reese, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you're having a good Christmas. <laughs> At least he says, hi, how are you doing? Sam just goes like, does anyone have this on the group chat? And I go like, yeah, it's me. Christmas Eve, my, I might want to add there. Really? Get a message from get a message from Sam Burt on the group chat <laughs> of... Uh, the film uh, he, he's probably listening to this as well so he's gonna it's, Hi, it's gonna sound like it's gonna be it's gonna sound like a being malicious i'm not it's it's an overall group message so it's not outright going to me specifically he yeah. just went does anyone have the video of the the edit that i did and also oscar's edit and i go like yeah give me a minute sam and then i send it to him he goes cheers merry christmas and then then, he, then that's it what was but, he doing on christmas eve the lunatic i don't jesus I, working I guess, like My i'm God. sat there I was watching the holiday, just sat there and I get a message and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll look that up. I'll be a team player. I'll have been watching It's a Wonderful Life with my family. Um, who How did that go? Great. Uh, they all wanted me to say thank you for recommending it. Even though you didn't recommend it to them. You made me watch it. and so I didn't. And then I recommended it. But I suppose yeah, they were saying thank was- you for making me want to recommend it, I guess. I don't know. Either a way, re- thank you for a good night on <laughs> Christmas Eve. So retroactively, just yeah. telling you to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, that works. Yeah, Christmas, Christmas. Yeah, it we went all- right. In, we went Christmas, eh? And I went right. By the way, what the fuck is Reese doing? Yeah, and that's basically what happened there. <laughs> it was a weird Christmas this year. It was indeed. Yeah. Um, I told you that I'd rant about this on the podcast, so I'll do it now. 
uh, yeah, Christmas, we'll do it now. Christmas dinner fuming. I was, honestly, right? We'd, so I requested a beef Wellington, right? Okay. Because I love a beef Wellington. We've only ever had it once for Christmas, and I thought it'd be a nice change up. But when mum did it before, she also did a turkey, right? This year, she bought a turkey crown and a gammon and a beef joint to do the beef Wellington with, right? We sat down at the table, beef Wellington, nothing else. <laughs> but she'd t- she'd cooked the turkey crown, but it wasn't there on the table. It was in the fridge. Also, no roast potatoes. What? Exactly. No no roast potatoes. Instead, mum decided to 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 push the boat out and do something a bit different, uh, and did like a tray thing that had that had carrots and onions that were cooked in like a sauce, and then a layer of potatoes over the top with cheese on, so like dolphin wild potatoes. Which was oh, it doesn't sound too bad. That it was nice. It was all right, but it's not roast potatoes, is it? You know, like <laughs> I mean, when you're expecting one thing, honestly, and you get you just get given something else. Oh, yeah. no pigs in blankets as well. Another mm. one where she cooked them, she bought them, cooked them, and left them in the kitchen. Didn't bring them through because she said, and I quote, "They don't fit with the meal." <laughs> it's Christmas. What do you mean? <sighs> anyway. <laughs> I just wanted to get that little rant out of the way because I've been holding that in for a couple of days. And I already ranted to you beforehand involving another yeah. Christmas incident, which I'm not going through again. Yeah, no, don't bother. <laughs> that might that might get mentioned on either an intermission or an amber rolling. It'll get maybe get mentioned on someone else. I don't know. Something we might down have the another, line. Chris, another thing yeah. at some point. It's not even that much of a build-up. It's fine. It's, it's, you know, I've just thought, which is really weird. We're going to be talking about Christmas in a podcast now at the end of February. Oh, at the end of January. Excellent stuff. Well done, everyone. Get ready for Valentine's Day, everyone. Hey, (laughs) I wonder what I'm doing. Probably shitting myself about a present. (laughs) Imagine having someone to worry about on Valentine's Day. Oh, man. Imagine. Oh, man. Future Rob, um, get like some theatre tickets or something. Julia, don't listen to this. I thought you meant... F- I got really confused. I thought you meant for me. I went like... No, not for you. you. <laughs> I'm not buying you some of Valentine's Day. Really got confused. I was like, what the... <laughs> you know what? You- I might get you some of Valentine's Day now out of spite. You were going to get... We were going to... Do you remember? We were going to go to Spoons last Valentine's we Day. We were, yeah. <laughs> and then I went to York and missed out on my pudding. Fuming. No, you didn't. No, you didn't, did you? No, yeah, you I- didn't. I did, no. didn't I? Oh, was that it- this Valentine's Day? That wasn't on that specific Valentine's. That was you didn't do that on the day of Valentine's Day. I know what you did on Valentine's Day, Robbie. You watched my copy of Her alone in Titan Communal, <laughs> and then the next day on the Friday, you just <laughs> dropped in the fact you were like, "I watched Her, by the way," and I was like, "What do you mean? I thought we were going to watch that together." And you went, "Oh yeah, sorry." <laughs> I just yeah, because it was really awkward. Because I brought it down as like a film night. Like I had a bowl of popcorn and just me and my duvet on the sofa. And like, it started the bit when he's like, you know, when they're doing, they're masturbating over the phone and stuff. When it's um, Kristen Wiig's. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was just like noises. That's my favorite game. It's to play. It's just to tell people, watch her. And then I just hear back from them. It was the, did, the, exact, the exact same thing happened with Adam. I said, watch her. Again, my editor. <laughs> I went, watch her for the editing. And, yes. then, I, and then to which to which then Adam's, 
I get a message from Adam at like 11 p.m. being like, fuck's sake, it's still going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought like, oh, if someone walks in now, it's going to look so strange. <laughs> What's funny on your end is you're watching it in a communal. In yeah, a communal I'm, I'm, on my own. <laughs> like if anyone if anyone just walked in because the way the communal set out there they would just they would walk in and see you and that but they wouldn't see the telly first they the wouldn't telly see the telly until in, they turned around unless so they did a full they 180 just, so they would <laughs> so they would walk in just hear moaning and then see you sat on <laughs> <laughs> it's like as you said it's like if anyone walked in they would have just thought like well Robbie's just watching porn Robbie's just, one time just watching porn on his own like a weirdo with popcorn <laughs> oh Jesus a, Christ in a public space in a public space in my duvet like it's a chick flick loving it one day I want to get to her at some point on the intermission yeah. oh, I don't yeah. know podcast whatever but we're not talking about her we're talking about another one of my top three favorite films of all time nice and that robbie is the 1954 samurai epic seven samurai uh the film is directed by akira kurosawa written by akira kurosawa shinobu hashimoto and hideo oguni the film stars Toshiro mifune takashi shimura isaha kimura yoshio inaba Daisuke Kato, Minoru Chiaki, Seiji Miyaguchi, Keiko Tsushima, Kamatari Fujiwara. I you did almost, so well. <laughs> that was that was almost such a smooth. That like, was that was almost that was, amazing. Do you know what that is? That's a, a, most of that is a lot of watching Japanese wrestling anime. That's a lot Excellent. of that. Good so. stuff. <laughs> I just and just genuinely wanting to go to Japan. Uh, yeah. The plot synopsis of Seven Samurai, according to IMDb, is a poor village under attack by bandits recruits seven unemployed samurai to help them defend themselves. Simple Pretty spawn. Yeah. Uh, accolades the film holds is that it has a 100% on the tomato meter and an audience score of 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it has a score of 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb, placing at number 19 on their top 250. I haven't updated the letterboxed ranking. Hang on, let me find it now. Go! It has a f- it has a 4.5 out of 5 stars on Letterboxd, placing it at number 6 on their top 250 films of all time. Excellent. Doesn't, doesn't place anything on the AFI's list. However, for the British Film Institute, Sight and Sound, top 100 greatest films of all time, it is placed at number 17, tied with Persona. By Imar Bergman. Uh, the film was nominated for two awards at the Venice Film Festival, including the Golden Lion, and it won the Silver Lion. I don't know. I, I guess that's the second place. I don't quite know the Silver Lion mm. compared to the Golden Lion. I know the Golden Lion's the top one either way. Okay. Uh, the film was also nominated for three BAFTAs, including Best Foreign Actor for Takashi Shimura and Best Foreign Actor for Toshiro Mifune and also Best Film. And it was nominated for two Academy Awards for Best Black and White Costume Design for Kohei Ozaki and Best Black and White Art Direction for Takashi Matsuyama. So, as I've just, as I said early on, this is in my top three favourite films of all time. I've said it before, it's Toro of Anger Men, it's her, Seven Samurai. Um, it's a film that I, this is the third time I've seen it now. Surprisingly enough, I thought I would have seen mm-hmm. this 
much more, like so many more times. But this morning was, uh, this morning leading into the afternoon, was yes. the um, third time I watched it. Watched it for the first time, I want to say six years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved it. It was one of those ones where I watched it, I just loved it. And I knew it was great. And I didn't watch it for a while because the runtime is long. So I'm like, oh, well, I can't just stick this on casually. Um, and then I watched it again at one point late at night with uh, my then girlfriend because I persuaded her to be like, come on, come on, let's watch it, please. And then I eventually, she was like, fine, okay, you keep going on about it. I went, yeah, okay, come on, let's watch it. And we watched it very late. It was ridiculous. It finished at like 2 a.m. by the time because because it was getting late and I, we, she was like, I don't know what film to watch. I went, I'm in the mood for Seven Samurai. And she was like, fine, okay. And I went, yes. <laughs> and then today, which is in the morning, again, go. leading after. Again, I love the film. We'll go more in depth with it. Robbie, your relationship and thoughts on Seven Samurai. But before you do, uh-huh. I need to find a specific place to say this. Go on. Spoiler discussion. Anyone who is unfamiliar, we discuss these films in spoilery detail. So if you haven't seen Seven Samurai, watch it, then come back and listen to this. Or if you don't care, no, unlike any other times, I'm going to say, even if you don't care about the film, you fucking will care. So go and watch the film <laughs> first and then come back and watch this. I'm not even saying anything else. Watch <laughs> oh, Seven like- Samurai. <laughs> uh, I thought we were sponsored then. But, it's like the, but before that, today's podcast is sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. So I was getting really excited. Sponsored by? <laughs> I got buzzing then. Um, I'd never seen this film before um, about a week ago when I watched the first 20 minutes and then had a breakdown and then watched the rest of it this morning. Um. <laughs> because this was meant to be recorded much earlier due to my incon- inconvenience. Um, <laughs> it's but fine. <laughs> I'd, I'd heard of it because it comes up all the time in terms of like, if, if you're into film, if you watch any videos about the, the best films of all time or, you know, anything like that, Seven Samurai comes up. If you speak to Oscar for more than 20 minutes, Seven Samurai comes up. It's just one of those things that's like constantly mentioned around me and I thought I should probably see this at some point. And so being forced to really helped. <laughs> but yeah, I, I watched it for the first time this morning and I have to say it is probably, and it, here is a sweeping statement coming in for the beginning of the podcast. It's probably my favourite film we've ever watched on this podcast, to be honest. Wow, really? It probably is, yeah. Not, nice not one. Jurassic Park, obviously, but... No, yeah, but for, in terms of films that we've watched specifically for this podcast, probably my favorite one. Nice, wow, I'm interested. I'm gonna say now as well, Robbie. Mm-hmm. I didn't take any notes, so I'm, this I've is got a... like five from the beginning twenty minutes that I watched last week, and then didn't make any today. I got a few, but it's yeah. things that we can break into. But let's—I'll let you lead on with just Jer- like like what about this film? Is like, do you f- find uh, so good? I think it's. In every single sense of the word, it's an epic. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Like, this is a huge movie. As much as that um, that plot synopsis you read out before, really, it sums it up completely. Like, that, that is the plot of the movie. It is a... It's in, in terms of story, it's a small plot. But yeah. in terms of the cinematic aspects of it and just everything about the movie, it is ginormous. Oh, and yeah. I loved most of the characters all get onto it 
but I loved I loved most of them. By the end, even the one that I was like kind of over the narrowing about, loved them by the end. Mm. So you know, it's just one of those movies that's just everything about it clicks. That's, and it, that's it makes what something it is, really it? special. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's just like it, it just it, it's it it's one of these things where it's similar to Twelve Angry Men for me in the sense of like it's just fucking great isn't it yeah like that's like that you can't really be like i mean we can we're gonna break in we, we, we can and we will we will because it'll be a very short podcast otherwise we go, it's just fucking men in it it's just it. class go see it. It. <laughs> yeah but it's like it, but it is one of these things where like you watch it and you come away from the film not thinking to yourself specifics in a sense but more in a sense of the whole package of a film as a whole to be like that film was just fucking great Mm. And like again, I say it's similar to Twelve Angry Men because it's a similar vibe I get when watching it. In the sense that I watch that film, and the overall thing just feels like fuck. I just love the film itself. Yeah. And there's a similar thing with this. It's Seven, Seven Samurai. It's just the film itself I fucking love. So what I've discovered is any film from the fifties that has the title that is a number of blokes and then what they are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spot on, mate. Yeah. Perfect. So it's like. So it could like twelve. What are there's twelve of them. What are they? The angry men. There's seven of them. What are they? The samurai. And so it's like I don't know. So if there's another thing from the fifties, a black and white film from the fifties that's I don't know, a number and then their occupation, and then I'm gonna be like I'm gonna have to watch this then. Yeah, so. send it our way. Make us go watch it. <laughs> See if I love it. Yeah. Then I've accidentally discovered my new what, what my fa- someone goes. What's your favorite genre? Goes the fifties n- films where the title is a number of the people and what they are. Yeah. What the fuck, that's very. What are you talking about? It's like twelve hundred men, seven samurai. It's like all oh, right, okay. <laughs> but, and the eighteen um, farmers, which we discovered <laughs> last week. I swear, if there's a if there's a film, the eighteen farmers from nineteen fifty three. I'm like shit. I've got to shit. get onto that now. <laughs> What's it about? I don't know. It's 18 farmers. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what are they up to? Go back in our top 10 films of 2020. Robbie, I watched the 18 farmers. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, we're, going on, we're going on a tangent too much. But I... We'll love well, it. I, but I think... Because, um, yeah, it's interesting. And I'm going to get right into this now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that... You're saying it is an epic as... Sense of the word. Yeah. I'm not sure if I would say when you think of epic, you think of this, in a sense. I mean, it's my mm. favorite epic, and it's it's an epic in the sense it's three and a half hours long. There's battle scenes. Yeah. But when you think epic, oh, no, I think war. I think, like... Yeah. I usually so, go straight to Lord of the Rings. Like, straight, that, that's my usual... Yeah. No, yeah, same. That's, that's, that's an epic, where it's just yeah. these massive battles of just loads of just people just clashing mm-hmm. and i think it's a uh, did i write this down yes i did i went the stake feels huge yeah of the fir- even though it's literally just like a one village is getting raided by what 13 bandits yeah so but well no, i think there's about 40 at the beginning isn't there there's four yeah there's, so not like 40 bandits mm. roughly like about that yeah yeah and that's the threat and it's not like they're like, we're trying to overthrow the king. It's like, gives you rice. Yeah. Like, that's what the whole... <laughs> gives you rice. Gives, gives you rice. <laughs> and that's what it is. It's not like... It's not... The village isn't a kingdom. 
where where another country is trying to invade to dethrone that ruler to conquer a country and they're mm. trying to build an army to be like save our country it's one village being like all our shit keeps getting stolen and we can't survive any longer we need to get some people and then they just collect they just go and get some samurai seven specifically although mm-hmm. you can say six and one or even five to an extent five and two kind of samurai um, i've got six and a paddle one is what i said yeah. <laughs> and then um and then and then the the battle is just and again but the way it's shot it's shot hugely yeah oh god yeah but it's not but the location isn't a giant desolate piece of land where you've got like one side just full of horses and then an mm. almost identical side just different color and then i mean suits not skin i want to yeah. make that very clear uh, i'm just like clashing it's like again they, they have a strategy again we'll get more into it as opposed mm. to just like bounce all over the place but they have a strategy like right let one in and then we'll take them out let another one and then we'll take them out but it still feels so grand and larger than life but i think why that makes it feel epic apart from the length of mm-hmm. the film because the length the lengthy the length is an epic feel like it's an epic yeah. in the sense it's three and a half hours but i would say a lot of it is just very because you would suspect those three and a half hours are mostly full of battling, but they're not. But they're not. And they're like, like nice, quiet, intimate character moments. Yeah, because I got um, the stakes feel huge, although it isn't a war. Character attachment makes the story epic, not the scope of the stake yeah. that the characters fight for. And I'm going to make a reference thing too in the sense of like... I yeah, I'm dropping myself in deep water here. I've ne- and you know this. I'm not a fan of Lord of the Rings. I'm not. <sighs> and I, and I know I'm a and I know I'm in a minority when I say that. I very yeah. know. I know I'm not. I know I'm not. Uh, I know I'm not uh, a popular opinion there. And yeah. to me, it's because I never feel attached to the characters, which makes it difficult when I'm watching when I'm spending nine hours watching them mm. overall. Yeah. And I'm into the battles. I'm like, cool, this is cool, but I'm not... I'm personally not um, on the edge of my seat from them because I don't have that attachment. Like, is Aragorn going to be all right? Is Mm. Legolas going to be okay? I know the characters' names, obviously. So it's like I have some attachment to them in the sense of like, I care enough to know their fucking names. But the battles are grand in scope, but the character stakes to me are not. And I'm going to reference another recent epic film, Avengers Endgame, where um, I liked the sc- I liked Endgame and I started giving a fuck because they gave more time to let these characters be characters for a while until they start throwing them into mm-hmm. um, all of these other things. Like I, like by the time we have that big battle with Thanos... I'm like, cool, nice one. I like the battle, sweet. And I know T'Challa, I give a fuck about him. I know Steve Rogers. I know Tony Stark. I know these guys. And it's not just because we've had 10 years plus of films of them. In that one film, I think they did enough Uh, to make us give a shit. Because you haven't seen any. (laughs) That's incorrect, really. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
I have. <laughs> I just decided to miss out some of the unnecessary fucking ones. Not, and not. that'll be another discussion in another set of videos. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but in terms of Seven Samurai, I'm there for three and a half hours. And again, in reference, I'm there for three and a half hours watching these uh, guys, these Seven Samurai and other farm and the other villagers. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching them. And I don't have films beforehand. I don't uh, I don't have a Seven Samurai cinematic universe. I don't have books either. This isn't I don't even have like a book that this is based off to where I could already be attached to these characters anyway. Like mm. some people were really attached to Lord of the Rings characters because they had read the books when they were young and then the films came out and they were like, fuck, I know these guys because I read the books. And now I'm watching them come to life. And same thing with Marvel. Like I don't have, I have the, you got, you've got comics and you've got all these films as well that leading up to Endgame. Yet for me personally, I'm much more attached to all these blokes behind me in my background right now. Not those, the ones behind <laughs> me. <laughs> Chris Pratt. And, <laughs> I'm attached to all these guys that I had met in this three and a half hours and got to know in the first hour 46 which i'll which i'm sure we'll get to a bit more in detail yeah. we get to the intermission aha we get to halfway through the film which is an hour and 46 and then i realize holy shit that was an hour and 46 that was the length of one film and yet how did that fly by like that? And I'm instantly, and I'm like, give me more of that now, please. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, the and then by the time we're in the second half, and then the whole, we've just, that hour and 46 that we've spent getting to know everyone, getting to develop a relationship with every single one of them. The last half of the film is just watching, again, spoilers, a good chunk of them die yeah. and just and it's rough and it's intense and it's fucking amazing and i'll pass it off to you Robbie. Just, the structuring is impeccable like it's so like every beat is spot on and i think like like you were saying before with how quickly it goes up to that intermission insane but i think mm. like if you think about it like i think Say if I was to go to Leo with this film and say, oh, we need to watch Seven Samurai, he'd probably say, that sounds fucking boring. Because I'd say to him, it's three and a half hours long and it's from the 50s. Straight away, you're like, that should be so unbelievably boring. Mm. If, you're, if you're not into films from that time, obviously, and all that kind of stuff. But somehow, just through like interesting characters, interesting situations, the entire introduction of the first Samurai is amazing and it goes oh, um it, do you mean uh go on qui-gon kanbe kanbe damn it <laughs> kanbe uh who the, the leader yeah the leader yeah, yeah. he yeah it, his full introduction uh, it's about 15 minutes if it, again it probably but is but it, it probably isn't it. but it don't feel like that because it's like an interesting situation where you're learning about characters and this cool shit happening like he's 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 gone tactical and been like, I'll shave my head so that I look like a monk. So that he thinks I'm a monk and then he'll let me off and everything. Uh, it's really good shit to get you invested straight and in away. That in, and in that introduction, we already established two other of the samurai introductions. 
Yeah. Fucking right off the bat. It's like, because we're following the farmers and the village, the villagers for the bulks. For, they're the main characters for the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And then instantly we get introduced to Kanbei, who's mm-hmm. shaving his head again, trying preparing to save uh, a baby, mm-hmm. to save a child. And then instantly we also see someone else who's new, a younger bloke. Who's yeah. clearly a samurai, clearly wants to be a samurai, who's just standing in awe. And we're automatically in his shoes as well, because we're like, what the fuck's happening here? Yeah. And then we're also introduced to Tashiro Mifune's character, who is uh, Kikuchio, yeah. who, who's got this oversized samurai sword, <laughs> and he's just watching as well. But he's curious, looking like for another reason. Yeah. So instantly, we're introduced to the three of the seven samurai. And they're right off the bat, I forgot who said this, but someone said, like, uh, am I being involved in a wrestle? I can't remember. Someone at some point said, you need to be able to be identifiable through your silhouette. Mm. Like, to be a great character. If you're, like, to be shown just as a silhouette and someone to go, that. Yeah. You need, that's the key to a successful character. Instantly, we're given three different samurai who I think are easily fucking, like, distinguished just from silhouette. Completely. Because he's got the massive sword, mm. the younger guy. I- I'm going to really struggle with the names of the characters. But... We'll refer to him as that anyway. The younger yeah. guy is called uh, Katsushiro. Yes. But, yeah. He's got the, like, the regular sword. He's got kind of... He's a bit smaller. He's got the ponytail. Yeah. The leader has the shaved head and the kind of triangular sort of outfit mm. thing that he's got on his shoulders. Like you can easily, like if it was just the shapes, you'd know which are which. If you had the yeah. seven of them lined up, you'd know exactly who's who. Like there's like behind me now, again, people who listen in, I've got the uh, background of the carriers, the seven samurai behind me. And I have, I have seen a poster of this exact image, but silhouetted. And it's like, that's that, that even though I can't tell you the names, cause I'm not, cause they are, they're, they're very like the, the names of the seven samurai. It's Kikuchio, Kanbei, Kashiro, Gorobe, Shichirochi, Haihachi, and Kyuzo. Most of them aren't really like, I mean, you know, you get some yeah. like Japanese names, which the Westerners know, you know, mm-hmm. Goku, um, <laughs> Yugi, you know, like, you know, um. simple, yeah, sim- yes, <laughs> simple, like one syllable, one yeah. to two syllable names where these ones are very traditional Japanese names. Yeah. You know, it wasn't made, so it's like, oh, should we get the Westerns interested? It, mm. it, was just, you know, it was a Japanese film made by Japanese people. They're like, well, these are Japanese names, so learn them. Like, that's yeah. basically... But um, it, even though I can't tell you the names, I can instantly say to you the characteristics Oh, completely. Them. I can tell you that I know... Because I know Takashi Shimura and I know Toshiro Mifune, who... Takashi Shimura, who is the leader and mm-hmm. Toshiro Mifune who is the quote-unquote main samurai the samurai that's the poster yeah. child of it all who is I'm gonna say now one of my favorite actors ever he's mm-hmm. mo- he's in most of Kurosawa's films right and he's plays a samurai at least the ones I've seen he plays in Kurosawa's samurai films and yet he's a completely different character in all of them 
He oh. the one after this he played uh, it was Throne of Blood, which was an adaptation on Macbeth. So he's playing Macbeth in one film. Cool. Then he play then in Yojimbo he plays a guy called Sandro, and Yojimbo is the original Fistful of Dollars. Like Fistful okay. of Dollars is a remake of Yojimbo, and Sanjiro the character is basically Clint Eastwood, the man with no name. So think mm. of that, but samurai. Yeah. And he pulls them off all well. And in The Hidden Fortress, he's in that, which is the it, basically the direct inspiration for Star Wars. And the closest thing I can say to him, he's basically Han Solo. Right, okay. But, so he's a samurai in multiple films, and mm. he's different in all of them, and he's convincing in all of them. So That's very yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, exactly. You can just pick them all out and be like, that one, that one, no, that one, no, that one, no, that one. And you're on about um, this being a difficult sell to people because I've thought the exact same thing as you. Yeah. And it's like, it's a film from the night. It's 1950s. It's black and white. Mm-hmm. Again, right, that that right off the bat, people... It, For some general, reason. General, or, general audience is like old and black and white. Yeah. Hmm. He goes, no, no, wait, wait, wait. It's three and a half hours long. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're gone. They're you like, know, that, what? and, that, and that then you go, oh, we're going into the bush. Yeah, and <laughs> and it's all subtitled. It's all the things yeah. that people don't like. Like general audience, general Western audiences are like, eh, yeah, maybe I'll give it a miss. But it's a film that I think everyone would fucking love. Oh yeah. Like, because I, I think it's, you're saying there, it moves at such a thing, at such a good pace. The characters are so, uh, you can attach yourself to it. You can understand each character out of the back. Yeah. And the stories, it's a simple story. It's a mm. simple enough, like, because I think a lot of people, myself included, get a bit cautious about lengthy, older films that more film viewers are familiar with. Like, I'm still trying to build myself up to watch Stalker which is mm. a Andre Tarkovsky film, two hours, 40 minutes. And he's quite avant-garde with his type of approach. Right, so I'm like, okay. I need to be in the mood to watch this type of mm. thing. And I need to make sure I have my brain turned on. And I'm like, right, let me fucking try to analyze everything so I can keep up. This, it's a story of like, right off the bat, we see a load of bandits. That's a, It's a very clever thing, actually. Because again, if you're a common audience... Or even someone who's unfamiliar with samurai Japanese culture, you could just watch that opening of that film, and then you think, "So are these the seven samurai?" And there are a load of bandits wearing yeah. samurai armor that have been stolen from uh, defeated samurai. And so it's like instantly we get a samurai image, and then it's revealed, "Oh, these are bandits." And like, should we go for them? Nah. Instantly to the village, and it's like we just keep getting. We're we're not going to survive. If yeah. people keep, if this keeps happening, we need to get samurai. They go to a village, get them. And then there's also a little mini story about like, now let's try to assemble. Samurai, yeah. assemble. assemble. A- <laughs> there's that woman who's crying way too loud at the beginning. Yeah. She's just crying it. so loud. But yeah. <laughs> For a lot uh, of it. Um, but yeah, should we, uh, uh, should we discuss each samurai character first? Yes. And then, because I think that's like, we should say that and then go on to other things. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, we can say, I, I want to say how each of these are introduced and 
because I think they're all because I've got a note here where it's like um, there's just great character introductions. Every oh, single one, yeah. Every single one of the samurai, fucking brilliant, mm. incredible. Obviously, you've got um, uh, Kikuchio, who is played by Toshiro Mifune, who is the revealed to be not a samurai. Yes, drunk um, man. Drunk man, excellent. And yeah. it's like we see him just about first, mm. and then it's like after uh Kanbai does his thing yes. and then you have a Katsuhiro being like I, I, maybe be a disciple please and you also got the other villagers just following him being like should we ask him should we ask him <laughs> I don't know and then you get one dude who's like please train me please and then you got uh Kikuchio who's just like with his giant sword just kind of like runs up to him looks at him yeah and he's and like, are it. you going to train me? And he's like, what? Leave me alone. Go away. And he doesn't you even say man. anything. He doesn't say anything. He just looks at him, doesn't he? And he's uh, and Kanbai's like, yes, what do you want? <laughs> what, what do you want from me? He's just looking at him. And then that's it for a little while. Mm. And then if he wasn't the poster of the fucking film, and if it wasn't Toshiro Mifune, you would yeah. almost forget about him at that point. Oh, and completely. Then, and then he's reintroduced as this bumbling drunk man. <laughs> which is also fucking brilliant. And we can yes. talk about that a little bit because that's when all the other samurai are yeah. like brought in. And of course we got Kanbai, who we've talked briefly talked about there. The slow-mo in this, I just want to say there's very there's very little use of it. But, but it, when it it's cool when it happens. I like yeah. like I liked it from that first death, to be honest. Yeah, like there's part of you where you run the risk of it looking very seventies Doctor Who, when anyone mm. gets shot and they're like, ah! and then it's just that for like a good five minutes as they fall over. But it's I don't know, I don't know what it is about the way they do. It. I think it's because the reaction itself isn't what's yeah. drawn out. It's yeah. the it's the actual the movement and the shot itself that's drawn out as opposed to it being them going for like ages. Yeah. Sorry, that that's... was not but that wasn't very audio, was it? <laughs> I, I, did, I did a face watch it on YouTube there you go yeah <laughs> but it's a bit where it's like because he goes in first of all you just see again you see Kanbai just you just see first of all you just see a dude kneels down cuts his ponytail off instantly you're like fuck what's happening now because again yeah. it, again it's all, and again I don't know how familiar you are with the samurai culture of things like that this is but, the, my first introduction to it <laughs> Right. I know you've seen Last Airbender. It's thing, yeah. There's a hint. There's little inklings of that. Because it, mm. it's a similar thing when... Spoilers for Last Air, the show Last Airbender, by the way. It's a moment where Zuko and Iroh cut their ponytails off. Yeah. And they're like, right, we're no longer Fire Nation. We're fucking out. We're bailing. That's almost a sense... Tea. Yeah, that's almost a sense to be like, right. It's... The, the closest way I think you might understand it, it's the equivalent of if a lucha wrestler got his mask taken off him. Yeah. It's the easiest example that I could say what the equivalent is of a samurai getting his ponytail cut off. Yeah. In that sense. So instantly you're like, fuck, what's happening now? And then he's just shaving his head. And mm. then you get hints. You don't hear him going, I'm doing this because blah, 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 blah. It's like people are like, he says he's going to do this. And it's like, shit what's happening and then he gets his all like he gets all decked out in the monk's outfit and then it's the 
incredible choice to how this was shot. Distant slightly. We never see inside of the barn. No. We just see... We see it as if uh, we're one of the people sat watching. Mm. Is how we're witnessing this. Which I love. Because it it holds that suspense for you. For when the Mm. guy runs out and he's already been gutted. (laughs) Yeah, and he runs out, falls. Yeah. And then he just walks out with a child. And then uh, and and he's off. That's it. And he hardly and says a word no, as yeah. well. Even when he's getting ready for it and everything, he, he hardly says anything the whole time. And do you know what I love as well? Well, I've just thought there, mm. there's no music in that scene. No. No, there it's isn't. Not, it's not like runs in, guy comes out. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It's, just, it's just like, we still hear the child crying almost. And yeah, footsteps. I... It, you, it, it, it's just the sound of everything. And it goes in slow-mo. Is if like, because you know how some people like in an anecdote when people go like when, you know, even in stupid shit where like someone dropped a thing, like dropped their glass and they go like, I saw that happen. It was almost I saw it in slow-mo. Yeah. Like it was almost like that use of that almost mental effect in the sense of like, it was almost like it was slow-mo. The dude just ran out and fell. Yeah. Type of thing. It's so good. Um, Yeah. Again, I can't think of a better way to introduce that type of character mm. of Kanbai. Yeah, and yeah. I think going off of it, like even when he's walking away and seeing the people's reaction to him as he's walking down that road, because you see both the guys go up to him and the villagers staying back thinking like, oh shit, should we go talk to him? Like, I think that in itself could have been a great introduction to him. Mm. Like, like that, you see, obviously you see something that he's done, but I think the actual thing that showed me what his character was like was that part, because... The first guy comes up to him um, and he's like, you know, he's a, being a bit of a dick and stuff and he kind of ignores him or whatever. And then Mr. Padawan comes in and he comes over and he like gets on his knees and he's like, I beg of you, let me be your disciple sort of thing. And it's the it's the honor and the, mm. the, the actual like wants and the niceness of him that allow that he's like, yeah, I will take you on. But it, may, yeah. it, it kind of tells you the guy to fuck off or whatever and he gets angry and starts kicking a hill or whatever. As, a, as he, do, he goes off and gets fuming about something, as he often is throughout this film. Uh, <laughs> that that's a bit that I love because I love how he's. Uh, it's explored a little bit later. There's a specific point I want to mention as well, but I'll say a bit now about how when he when Kanbai does talk to uh, Katsuhiro, uh, the mm. younger one, uh, saying about like um, yeah, I forgot the exact thing, but at one point he says fighting won't do you any good. Yeah type of thing and he's almost see i think there's also a moment where he goes to when he says to him when i was your no it is that moment where he goes fine word amount anything i think he said some along the lines like when i was your age i wanted to conquer castles and i fought in wars and it's just not really amounted to anything it's amounted to a lot of loss for me yeah honestly so it's almost like he's not saying like ah you're not worthy it's like do, do something better don't just don't yeah. lie and the other guy the- that he meets he says like are you sick of fighting yet? Something like that. I'm pretty sure he asked his, that question at one point. His his friend, uh, yeah. Yeah. His, it, yeah. But there's a... Because mo- I think... Ah, 15... It's in the 1500s this film takes place. Mm. And I can't remember my exact Japanese history, but I think this was past the prime era of samurai. 
Yeah. Uh, they're still about, but I think this was post-Civil War. It was because they mentioned it, I think. Mm-hmm. So wars have happened. Samurai are still notable, but they're almost not as renowned as they once were in history. And that is an example of there's so many poor samurai just kicking about. Yeah. Like, there's, I don't think we ever, there's, we never once see, they're almost a load of ronins. And I'm going to explain this terminology because mm. Kanbai says he's a ronin. Don't, just leave, just, you don't want me to teach you I'm a ronin. The yeah. whole point of a ronin, do you know what ronin is, Robbie, specifically? I, as, as far as I'm aware, it's sort of like a nomad. Kind of. A ronin is basically, in simple terms, it's a samurai without a master. Yeah. So cool. you've been trained, but your samurai is dead now. Uh, okay. your, master, your master is dead now. Mm-hmm. So you're now a ronin. You don't belong to any legion as such, but you've trained and you're a samurai in that. So mm-hmm. it's basically like, it's a freelance samurai is the best way. I, it's probably yeah. the easiest way to describe it. He, he doesn't have any order to him is the way to describe it. So him saying like, I'm a Ronin. I shouldn't be the one teaching you, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm not any, I can't get you anywhere other than train you how to kill. Yeah. That's all I can do. There's no benefit of me training you because it's not like you can move up in the ranks of anything because there's no, I'm in no ranks at all. So that's where that comes from. And there's a lot of that. I don't think we ever see a true samurai in this. I think a lot of them are quite... Again, I, you don't hear about any of the specific ones, like any of the other ones about, like, if they're, you know, if they are a ronin. But from the looks of things, most of them are ronin as opposed yeah, to it's, samurai. Yeah, it, it seems to be that way. Yeah. Like the which, guy that we find just chopping wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, <laughs> Brilliant. I'll, I'll chop wood for you if you if you let me stay here or whatever. Like, as yeah. opposed to him being, like, you know, doing any samurai duties at all. He's just like, I'll chop a few logs if you want. He's <laughs> like, have you not seen anyone chop wood before? Not as, as not as enthusiastic as you. Just, yeah. Ha! Ha! It's brilliant. Great. And, he's, and he's being brought in, and his name is uh, Heihachi. Yes. Um, Played by Minoru Chiaki. Uh, again, I got woodcutter, less experienced. Because he's not, again, he says, I think it's um, it's Gorobe who says to uh, Kanbai that uh, uh, he's not as skilled, but he'll keep our spirits off. We need that. Yeah. He's kind of we brought in that. as comedic relief, really. Yeah. By yeah, both ca- the script yeah. and the team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like... They're, they're like, I mean, he's good, but that's not his strength. Yeah. It's he's, not like he's, he's a not the best person. warrior in the world. Yeah, but fucking like, look, but look at him. He's yeah, good. He, he'll be good for us. That's basically what. Yeah, but he's a good laugh, so you love him. <laughs> yeah, uh, and of course, there's also uh, Katshiro, uh, who's the younger one, uh, yeah. played by Issa Hakamura. Um, if anything, again, if we're comparing it more, I get a lot of this film. I need to compare it to people that to characters that people might be more familiar with, just to make it mm-hmm. easier for people. The Luke Skywalker of the team. Yeah, I, I would, I with the romance that happens later on. I was saying like, it, it's what Episode Two Anakin should have been. That's a very good. That's a very very good. Like, uh, he's 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 better Anakin almost. Is yeah, the best. he's like yeah. Anakin, but an actual character. Uh, Basically. Yeah, and there's not again. It's weird. It's there's not much to him because he hasn't. 
had like this is his start where everyone else even um uh I'm going to say the actor's name because I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kikuchio. It's Toshiro Mifune. Even he has a history, which we will learn. Yeah. And fuck me, man. But uh, Katsuhiro, he, this, he's got nothing. He's done nothing like yeah. in his time yet. This is his start, which we need that almost. In a, like, I think to really be latching on to something, we almost mm. need that. Because we're new. Like, if you're a first-time viewer... You yeah. need because imagine if they were just all like, oh well, we all got history and shit, and they just tell us stuff. It's like we almost need the person to, we need someone to live vicariously through, and I do yeah. think uh, Katsuhiro is that one for that's, the audience. That's really interesting because yeah, it's a, you're saying he's kind of like a POV character for it, but that that that's interesting to me because I haven't even thought of him like that. Until you've just said that, which he completely is, yeah. but that that says something about this film that you would watch it and not even realize that they're doing something like that to you, because doing it yeah. like by doing a POV character, it's it's kind of manipulation of the audience. I mean, a lot of things in in film yeah. and in writing and stuff are anyway, but it's it that is manipulating the audience to be like, let's ease you into this uh, and make it all seem a bit more normal, like like Harry and Harry Potter or something like that. Yeah, he's not the main character though in this. Yeah. No. Which is really interesting, I think, yeah. that, that I didn't even realise that they'd done a POV character. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, because they, they have enough characters to not be that. Yeah. So, so because um, say if they did have a character like that in the film, why would all these other experienced samurai be telling the, each other things they already know? Yeah. They wouldn't. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you know, why the fuck would I tell you? Yeah. It's like, I'll repeat myself. But to someone who's unfamiliar with things... But the thing is, he's not like... It's weird. He's not just like a random villager who likes, I want to be a samurai. Please train me. He clearly wants to do it. And he, he knows clearly, enough. Yeah, he knows, how to hold, he knows how to hold a sword. He's clearly had some sort of combat experience, even if it's just... Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I mean. We, yeah, we, exactly. don't, know anything, we, we don't know anything about him. But he's had yeah. something... It's almost like goes in the sense of like you're watching this film. You clearly must have some sort. It, again, unintentionally like this. It's like if someone like us who's like watched it for the first time. It's like we clearly must have some experience in film because how else would yeah. we fucking find this film? Yeah. So we don't need explain about everything, but we mm. probably need introductions to other cultural things that we might not be familiar with. Because I've heard a lot of people say this was their first foreign film, which, God, what a deep dive. Imagine that. Yeah, first Jesus Christ. Film. Like, let me just really delve into the Seven deep end, Samurai. Jesus Christ. I think my one was like Troll Hunter. Like that my- Norwegian found footage horror film from like 10 years ago. Mine will have been House of Flying Daggers. That's a good one. That's, That's a, a decent one. one. That's a That's decent a good- one, except That's for the a- rape. But... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but um so yeah clearly it's like he's had experience in something but he's the film is him getting education but what i like as well because we're saying that and that's true there's not one moment where we get a training sequence with can buy at him no he's learning on the go mm. which is it's not but there's not a section of like now we need to train you katshiro it's just like come on if you're joining along 
keep up. That's yeah. what it is. He's learning he, on the job. And he does as well. It's not like, it's not like fuck's sake, catch you. Why are you being in? He's never the issue. He's no. never the problem. Which, again, if he was, then it would be... I think you're in danger of making an annoying character. Yeah. Because if all he is is a blank slate that causes problems, us as the audience would be like, fucking... Come on. sake, man. Yeah, because you need a POV character that isn't irrit- isn't the worst guy because if you're putting yourself into his shoes, you're like, well, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. It's a yeah. human nature to go, well, I'm better than that. I wouldn't do that. And yeah, then there's yeah. a disconnect there and you hate him. <laughs> yeah. Because even like there's the, I, I think one of them, I mean, the, his main plot uh, story point is the romance he has with Shino. Is mm. Shino. Yeah, yeah, Shino, yeah. Which is, again, could have been in danger of being a very shoving down your throat moment it could have been very much so a plot element where she knows in trouble and he's like i need to save her and then Kanbai could be like you're a samurai you can't be t-. you know you could be all that yeah. bot- but there's never a moment like that there's a brilliant moment at the end which i i can't wait to talk about the ending because mm. there's a moment at the end which sums that entire storyline up in one moment with no dialogue being said so they didn't need all that moment of like i need to save shino and then can by being like you can't you need to protect the village we need you say like, but shino but you're a samurai and then like he goes to save shino or whatever and then it's like oh samurai can't have feelings you know like all that yeah works, which which some of the star wars films do fall into um but yeah it's like that's uh, so we never have that moment but we get enough of that i think and there's that moment where they first meet and again and they could have this could have been done a slightly different way and it could have been fucking boring and skipping past through of when he first encounters her and he goes are you one of the villagers she just nods because she know yeah. got because she know by her dad is being like you need to get your hair cut because the samurai might just rape you. That's just that's yeah, basically that's, that's basically what happened. And then so she knows just out picking flowers, and then like Katsuhiro just comes across her, and he's like, "Are you part of? The, are you one of the villagers?" She just nods, and he's like, "Are you a girl?" And she shakes her head. You're a boy. Nods. He goes. Then why are you picking flowers? You're meant to be <laughs> training. And then he tra- he goes, "Come on, I'll train you." Yeah. And then she just runs away. And then he goes after her because, again, according, in, as far as he's aware, he's like, a lad's just pegged it. Let me get him. Yeah. And then tackles her, sees she has tits. He's like, shit. Shit. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> like, that could have been a big issue there if I Wee- kept going. Alarms <laughs> <laughs> start going off. <laughs> but then it's like, and then I think, and then the relationship there, we don't see loads of it. That's why I like as well. This doesn't just become a random romance film, which this could have been. And yeah. I think if it was handled in any other way, it could have been a good thing. But this yeah. is an action epic, not a period romance. We get which, just enough of it. That's what I mean. Like uh, yeah. they know how to balance the storylines. Yeah. And there's just like the payoff to it is, is just enough as well. Like even the the kind of conflict that comes of it, we only really get one scene of it, it's, which is when her dad finds yeah. out, and yeah. it's enough. Yeah. It, we yeah. didn't, we don't need to linger on it because then it becomes something that's like I don't need that in here. Take it out. Yeah, like there's not a moment where I don't know Katsushiro is on the floor, his sword's out of reach. Shino's dad is near the sword, mm. and then they're looking, and Katsushiro's like, "Pass me the sword," and he's like. 
oh, you try to fuck my daughter. I don't want to do that. It's like, there's, again, I'm saying these stupid things because I've seen so many films where stuff like this happens, yeah. where you have an element of something and they just have to fucking push it out to like unnecessarily conflict or unnecessary like things where it's like, we just need one through line story and it helps that we have little things to also go to every now and then. Yeah. To freshen it up a bit, which again, fucking like this is the first time I've noticed it. It might be one of my favorite screenplays ever. Yeah. Like it's the first yeah. time I'm thinking, because again, I think the action, I think the stunts, Jesus Christ, the stunts for yeah. this again, because there's plenty of times where dudes just fall off horses. <laughs> it's like, like absolute lunatics. Yeah. And it's just like, okay <laughs> it was Jesus the bit Christ. with the um with the booking horse yeah, yeah. my god i was terrified because <laughs> i was like that is fully just a real horse kicking at people yeah, yeah. jesus that like that's something that would only be done in the 50s there's there's bits of trivia which i look at like only the fucking 50s yeah <laughs> <laughs> only, only the, the time when you'd go home to a steak and a milk and die of a heart attack <laughs> only the time <laughs> When what was a risk assessment? <laughs> oh mate. If if only we lived in a time with no risk assessments. What is that? <laughs> what is a risk assessment? It's like there's that one behind the scenes photo that I that my mum sent me of like there's a behind the scenes of Jaws where they're like out of the ocean and they're on one boat and then there's another boat. There's like one camera uh boat and there's like another boat I assume with just like other equipment things. Mm. And you just see, like, the cables going from one of the boat to the other boat, but they're just, like, <laughs> dipping in the water. Jesus Christ. And it's like, oh, no. No, oh, why would you do this? <laughs> Steven, mate, come on. Like, come just, on, Steve. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, there's the other... There's uh, Gorobe, who is the second in command mm -hmm. in this, which is the dude that, uh, when they're doing the test of a real samurai, a, a, a great warrior would not let would not get hit on the head. Yeah. Um, and then he doesn't even, he doesn't like, because the first guy that they get, he comes in and then he, you know, he counters yeah. the, the thing and then he bolts. So you offended me. And then he goes and then, because yes. um, he's all high and mighty because he's like, ah, and that's another thing. We see like, when eventually all the samurai do come together, it feels like a nice achievement because we have established, it's like, how are we going to pay samurais? Like, we're just going to have to feed them. It's like, what samurai is going to get fucking fed? And they're like, poor samurai these days. That's that You'll be surprised. Yeah. And even like the poor samurai are like, only rice? Piss off, mate. <laughs> and it's like, mate, what more have you got to live for? Like, the glory days of samurai are done. You're not getting paid loads now. You're hanging about in a village or like whatever. Mm. Just knocking about. Just get some rice. Like, that's what you need. But they're, even they're still like, they think of themselves higher than anything else. And that's shown with the first dude. It's like, really skilled. Kanbai's like, we really need someone like you. You won't get paid, but we'll get three meals a day. And he's like, fuck off, mate. And then he just <laughs> bolts. Um, but then the Gorobe, a guy they just get in, and he, he doesn't even walk in, and he goes like, oh, funny. And then... Yeah. And then and then Kanbai's like, exactly that. We need exactly he was, that. He was probably my favorite one. Oh, he's excellent, just, isn't he? Just because yeah. he's just like the nicest bloke. 
Yeah, he's, yeah. He's just the best guy. Like, he's always smiling about stuff, and they're like, oh, have you found anyone? And he's like, oh, I found one guy. He's, he's a fun guy. We should get him on board. And like, he's just... Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, I mean. And it's like... And he's skilled, because he's a skilled archer. There's that one yeah. moment where he just, like, just snipes a dude. That That is great. Yeah. Wasn't and, expecting to see him, any of them use any weapons that weren't swords when they were getting yeah. introduced and they only had swords. Like, in mm. something like this film where there's like one of them does card tricks and fucking whatever like you know yeah. I, I thought each of them would have their own little character traits they they do but it's personality not materialistic audio listeners wh- audio listeners when robbie read this film he meant magnificent seven remake uh not- yeah I'm, I'm looking at magnificent seven yeah because it's like yeah. oh chris park can do cards and one of them's got poison starts or some shit i don't i haven't seen it's it in chris- a while is chris pratt basically the mafune character um, probably. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I, I don't really know. I, I don't. Yeah. I genuinely don't think I watched it to the end. It's not That's good. Fine. <laughs> but it's, it's like, but yeah, like you know, these guys have more of a of actual personality traits that define yeah. them as people, as opposed to it being materialistic things like this one plays cards and does magic. This one does whatever. And so mm. I wasn't expecting one of them to pick up a different weapon. And when it happened, it was a very pleasant surprise to see him with yeah. a nice little bow and arrow. <laughs> and I love, like, that he meets Kambai for the f- first day he meets Kambai. And they're just like, yeah, sure. And he's like, by the way, I'm not doing it for the villagers. I'm doing it because of you. Yeah. And it's like, because he's like, instantly respects this dude. And he's like, ah, oh, sometimes, I forgot the exact thing he said. I'm paraphrasing, but he says like, ah, uh, um, some of the stronger friendships come from harsher times or somewhere like that. Yeah. And it's like, I'm on board with these two forever now. Yeah. And they've, top just, they've just met and yeah. I'm just watching them meet. And I'm like, these forever. And it's like, we're praising the characters, uh, the, the characters and the writing and the directing acting. If you got one off performance, whole films tanked. Yeah. The whole film's fucked. Like, if you got one of the samurai who are a bit off, yeah. I think, then it's like, eh. I mean, they, I mean, he can probably go. Which then equates to like, ah, what's the point then? Yeah. But like, every one of them, again, they're all different. They're all distinguished. The, marvelously cast. Yeah. Uh, so excellent. well yeah. cast. Because they're, like you say, it's so distinctive, but each one of them have got chemistry with all of the other ones the chemistry is off the charts in this film it's brilliant they it's all the seem the, to be mates <laughs> it's the moment where uh just before uh mifun tashira mifune walks in drunk and they're all just sat in the bar and it's like i love this oh uh, yeah uh, this is great i just want to see a film where they're just sat bullshitting exactly because they, they're all like laughing and joking and there's those two guys in the barn with them who are just the worst like oh yeah that's <laughs> just unnecessarily dickheads it's like i would love like you know like those side episodes of like like the batman anime series where there's just that one episode where villains are playing poker yeah i want yeah. like a side film of seven samurai where it's just them like that night just extended like, yes. i just want that film it could literally be it could be like a 10 minute short yeah. And I'd gobble that shit up. <laughs> that oh, sounds yeah. excellent. Just, like, oh, Kirika, oh, a lost bit of film has been found from Seven <laughs> Samurai, which included 
two more hours of them just talking. Yeah, it's way. like BFI is going to release it on 4K, and I'm like, I'm pre-ordering that right yeah, away. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> do extended editions of this exist? No, that it's, that's just the film. All oh, right, okay. I, I yeah. just imagined there'd be different different cuts of it or something. No, there's additions in the sense mm. of Criterion have got a release, but Criterion haven't released it in the UK. So right, the only okay. way we can watch it on Region 2 to play on any of our things is a BFI thing, which... Yeah. But yeah. Um, the other character you've got there is, again, we mentioned there is uh, uh, Shichiroji, who is played by Daisuke Kato, who is Kanbai's old friend. Which I'm well into, and I also like the fact how he's not buddy buddy with him through the whole. F- like again, film yeah. could have done. Like I like how he bonds with Gorobe more yeah. than him, but it's not like he's like ah fuck off, mate. He's like they talk. I remember those days, yeah. But it's almost they're right back into their hierarchy in the sense of like Kambe clearly was the leader, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the other one was clearly lower in command, but still, like, he's clearly lower in the rankings. Yeah. But he understands that in the sense, like, right, I do good when Kambe orders me. Mm-hmm. When Kambe does the plan, I'm there for him. I'm there to yeah. be loyal to him. That's the vibe I get. Because, again, you could have very well done another thing where it's like, here's me old mate. I'm just going to bullshit with him the whole way. But they do a thing where Kambe... Uh, bonds with Gorobe much better because it's like we're clearly on the same wavelength. Yeah. I think as well is that he would, I would argue that he's the character that gets the least to do. Yeah. yeah. In this, he gets like the least time dedicated to him because he doesn't even really get an introduction scene per se. They just kind of say... He just walks in. Yeah, they're just like, oh, I've got this, I found a guy off screen and he's just there. Yeah. Um... But even then, you still get a sense of, like you were saying, you, you get that sense of him having respect and all this kind of stuff. Like he's still a character, which I like. Because I, because I don't, yeah, I don't think we needed an introduction scene to him in the sense yeah. of like Cambe's at a bar or a grocery or what, or like a market or whatever, and then like they just see him and go, no, and then he turns like it's like, hey, I haven't seen you in how many years? And then yeah. it's, it's just he just walks in and they go, ah, oh, and they just say is uh, my old comrade. Yeah. Like they, that, that's how it's like, I've, I've fought with him before because all the other introduction scenes are meant to establish why would they pick them to join their group? Yeah. But if Kambay's already worked with him, we don't need a, we don't need a scene to tell us that. It's like, oh, Kambay's worked with him. We know he's fine. That's it. Exactly. We're good. Like, like you run, you run the risk of when you're doing an ensemble of, of, it having one of those characters that everyone just kind of forgets about. You know, like the Avengers have their Hawkeye or Justice League have a cyborg or whatever. Like, you just kind of... There's one that will be underdeveloped and then just there's no need for him and it's like, what's the point? This film does a really good job of picking and choosing when people need moments. Mm-hmm. And everyone does get a time to shine and there isn't one character where I would be like, take him out and this film's not any different. Yeah, definitely. And we've saved... One more character discussion in terms of mm-hmm. the character themselves and how they're introduced. Kuzo. Yes. The swordsmith, who might be my favorite character introduction in the whole fucking thing. Yeah. I love it so much. 
it's just a moment where they just see a dude, two dudes battling with bamboo. And then one dude's where it's like, oh, it's a draw. And then Curtis goes, nah, I would have killed you. Yeah. And he goes, what? Because if these were real swords, you would be dead. <laughs> and then he goes, like, all right, then let's fight with real swords. Like, no, why did you want to? <laughs> why? Why? Stop. <laughs> I've, I've just told you, you're going to fucking die. Don't. Because yeah. he's a big ego. Again, people with swords and like, oh, I can fucking do anything. And that's no. the same with anything it's, now. That's like most, that's like, any, that's like, that's all these pro gun people. Oh, I yeah. need my gun to fucking rip my rights. It's, it, that's basically that. It's like, oh, I've got a sword. I can kill anything. Yeah. And then it's like, no, I can beat you. He goes, don't. And don't, then he pulls mate. a this sword is... out. Then he pulls a sword out. He goes, all right. <laughs> and he is excellent throughout. And I like mm. how the, the kind of the younger guy, it kind of goes uh, off towards him more yeah, as yeah, the film yeah. goes on subtly because it's another yeah. one of just those little subplots that happen in the background without even noticing and i think that's where i would describe this as an epic is in its little subplots that just kind of happen but they all yeah. layer up and they're all there to make this really grand layered world that you just live in for three and a half hours basically it is all it is almost like uh Katsuhiro is almost he links on the Kanbei first because he you know see mm. what more for his intelligence I think yeah that's where he links with Kanbei and then he then he goes towards Kyozo just because how skilled of a fighter he is because mm. again there's that one scene where Kyozo just goes like oh, I'll t- I'll handle it don't worry and then he goes off yeah and then he's just off I love that because he just sprints into the in, into the void. <laughs> yeah, just sprints like, off screen. And the juice, and then he comes back with the gun. He goes like, "I've killed two of them." And then he sits and he's just <laughs> like that. And then and then Katsuhiro's just looking at him, and he goes like, "What? Well, I want to sleep." And he just goes, and he just goes, "I just want to say you're fucking mint." That's he didn't say that. Yeah, yeah that's, he's not, a... that's not for baby. He's, I just want to say you. Like, Oh, he goes, you're, he basically- I just want to say you're a wonderful person. Is that what he says? That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. No, not my less... Much more elegant than my... I just want to say you're fucking man. You're a fucking classman. <laughs> and then he goes like... All right. And then he just goes to sleep. And then- <laughs> I'm like, do you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of that scene in Fury Road where Max just pisses off for a bit. There's yeah. an explosion. He comes back. There's blood on him. And he goes like... What's this? Mother's milk. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's just, it's like you do any scene like that with a already established badass character I'm talking him for it it's just a yeah. cool thing Again, I'm, like, we didn't need to see him slice up two dudes mm. I'm fine just like runs off everyone's like alright and then he comes back and he's just got the gun and he goes they're done yeah and then that it's just class it's just brilliant again there's a lot of there's a lot of like um, leaving, um, leaving it up to your own interpretation. This film with the action, I think. Yeah, which I appreciate. Mm, definitely, a lot. Uh, now let's talk a little bit more about uh, back to uh, Kikuchio, played by Toshiro Mifune. Mm-hmm. My favorite character of the film, I think, but more so from a character arc standpoint. Like, in the sense of, he's not the main character 
but he almost is as well. Like he has the yeah. he has the arc in the film. It's yeah. almost like it's like a lot of them their arcs are coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Like when we've already met them. Like it's it is almost like we've had this d- cinematic universe of like we saw a Kyozo film and his standalone film ended with him having this standoff with this dude that he ended up killing the bamboo thing. That's where his yeah. standalone film ended. And then there's also like a Gorobe standalone film where his standalone film ended with him cutting wood. Yeah. And that, like there's yeah, all yeah. it's like all these other like standalone films. And then I think and obviously um, I think uh, with Katsushiro, the younger one, that's almost the start of it. And then after this, then we'll get a standalone film of him. That's yeah. almost if I were to... Whereas Kikuchiyo, he didn't. Ha- he doesn't have a standalone film. He didn't have one before this film or after this film. Yeah. Like his story is like is only in Seven Samurai. Like that's it. Which is where I think, why I think he is the emotional... Uh, link with this film yeah i'd agree with that completely and it's the go on because i've been been rambling on yeah i'll (laughs) I'll just say okay i'm gonna come i'm gonna come clean here right i didn't like him for a lot of it (laughs) i had a suspicion that he was the one he was the one that i i didn't like was it the fact that i called him a drunken knobhead on instagram today (laughs) no i think because for a lot of it He's this, this like drunk kind of an idiot. He's not an idiot, but he's just kind of like he doesn't take anything seriously, and he's a bit of a dick to like everyone for no reason, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but he really grew on me as you're going on, as you find out his past, as which is the point, I think. Yeah, as as the ending of the film happens, um, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get onto. But um, I, it it got me to a point where it's like oh the film's over and i've only just fallen in love with this character and it made me want to watch the film again because i feel like yeah. watching it a second time i'll appreciate him as a character so much more <laughs> yeah i think that's i mean this is a similar link to uh some like it hot which was the previous week's episode um mm. that in today's cult in today's uh film fandom that we're a part of yes we're almost trained now to think that if someone's gonna do well we'll probably get a sequel okay fine and even now to a point where companies are like here's the next 10 years of films for you <laughs> so now it's this is what turned this i've said this to you i've said it this is a little part of what turns me off from a lot of the cinematic universes where i'm watching a film and spoilers for oh, fuck it is anyone uh, spoilers for Infinity War and everything else. Yeah. There's Peter Parker evaporating in front of my eyes, and everyone's like, "I cried," and I'm like, "He's coming back for Far From Home." <laughs> I know that's happening. I don't give a shit. He's ba- he's coming back. The the End Game, which I already knew is coming out in a year's time. Something's gonna happen. He's gonna come back, and then he's also gonna have a film next year as well. I have no emotional reason to feel like Peter Parker's gone. Really? You're telling me Spider-Man's gone from the MCU? You mean this character that Marvel are trying to get hold of for the longest time? They just (laughs) killed him off? Never. Fucking no. Of course he's coming back. And I think it's also like a thing where 
even if there was a sequel of this film, Seven Samurai, I think they could say there's a sequel of Seven Samurai and we knew about it now because 54 and say in 1956, there was Eight Samurai, you know, I fucking yeah, yeah. So a sequel to Seven Samurai. Ocean's I Eight then, Samurai. Yeah, I would then be watching Seven Samurai and being like, and not and think and not really have any like, um, I'd be like class film. I just want to see what I now. I'm intrigued. I'm aware that I'm watching a first part of a story. Yeah, in a sense. Whereas I think there's something so fucking brilliant nowadays about just what uh, watching a film. It's that's it. That's yeah. the film. And you have no idea whether if this character is going to survive, this character is going to survive, if they're all going to even win. Because, mm. again, for the first half of the film, we're thinking, they've got a plan, everything's going to be fine. Uh, who dies first? It's Gorobe, isn't it? No, it's not Gorobe. It's Hayachi, the woodcutter. Yeah, he's, he's the first to die, yeah. Instantly. And it's like, shit. Yeah. I've grown to know him for nearly two hours. Dude. And now that... he's gone. And it's like, and then I think, I think I forgot who said it, but they said, I think it might've been Kanbei. He said, he was meant to be the one to keep our spirits up. Yeah. Yeah. Right off the bat. Now it's like, fuck. Now the film is in another fucking gear. Cause yeah. anyone can, anyone can die. Anyone's can be gone for good. Dude, that moment was a double whammy as well, because mm. it's also the thing with, the, the villager guy you I forget the name of. Uh, uh, Manzo, is it? Manzo? No, that's um, the woman's dad. Is that the dad? I forgot the yeah. dude. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. yeah, the thing with his wife. That reveal rough. happens there. Rough, rough. Like, at the exact same time, that is a double whammy of just things are shit. And that's like you said, that, it really that, makes the film shift gear. <laughs> that's the first time guns introduced as well. Yeah, the musket. Yeah, which, <laughs> which took which took me massively off guard because mm. I didn't even think that I didn't even consider that that would be a thing in these movies. Is that is yeah. is guns like I, well, I don't know. Yeah, no. This again, I think this was around about the time where gunpowder was in its early phase. E yeah, and again, this was a, the samurai. I want to say the late nineteenth century. That's how long samurai were about the mm. late nineteenth century. I think, and by that point, samurai died out because of guns because it's like yeah and and war machinery because it's like well what's the point in this guy with a sword you can't you're gonna get gunned down so yeah. you may as well just not know like the samurai may longer not be a thing and i find it very poetic in that sense where all the deaths of the samurai all occur through gun shots there's not yeah, one. It, there's not one. Yeah. There's not one samurai that gets killed from another sword or from a spear or a bow and arrow. They've mastered all that. They yeah. can handle all that. This gun, where we never even, we only ever see one person. The the uh, the only murderer. We only ever see one of them, and that's the guy who killed uh, Kikuchio. Yeah, and that's when he's killing him anyway. But everyone else, we just hear a gunshot, someone falls, and that's it. It's so impersonal of a death. Impersonal of a death. And again, you could almost look at it and go, it's like, where the fuck's the honour in that? In the yeah. sense of, like, they're not even in frame. Yeah. And someone's gone now. 
Well, that that's what happens with the the right hand man. Yeah. Again, terrible Gorbe. names. Gorbe, but you, yeah. you don't even see him die. You just yeah. hear a gunshot. And he fought. I, I didn't even realise it was him. I wouldn't have realised it was him because you don't really see his body. Is that him in the mud? No, that's uh, Gyozo. Gyozo's yeah. the one in the... Yeah. Oh, that's... They, they kind of pick him up on a stretcher sort of thing, but you don't see his face. That's right. Yeah, he's on the stretcher. Yeah, we don't... Yeah. Even... Yeah. Jeez. And yeah. The only reason I knew it was him is because the leader sh- shouts his name. Yeah, that's yeah. the only reason I knew it was him. Um, and I think, and I think that's what makes the death so much more impactful because it's it's not like he's dead and then we see them. We don't. They don't have a slow mo death. Mm. It's not like uh, they go no because it's like we see like bang gone and we're like wait, who was yeah, that? Like, who was that? Yeah, who was that? And then we see them and then they start going like no, it's Gorobe for example, mm. and it's like. And then we see the graves, which is the mounts of dirt with the samurai swords, yeah. which with the katanas in there. And it's like, oh, that's the moment where you it starts sinking into you and you go like, Jesus Christ, they're going. Mm. How is this? How? I think they, this, I think the choice to have them be off screen as well is masterful direction mm. because it's the same sort of thing with um with the bit right at the beginning where the leader was trying to get the baby back like we we yeah. didn't see what happened in that little hut and we were better off for it because it aligned us with the perspective of the crowd watching him yeah. and again it's aligns you with the rest of the samurai being like shit what who was mm. that what just happened that that is such a it's a brave choice as well yeah i think to to have characters die off screen left right and center yeah and it, i mean fuck um I'll save that bit because I, we'll talk about the ending specifically mm. in itself. Little things I do want to mention before I get we talk more about the uh, Kikuchio character, which I do want to say about that turning yeah. point, I think, to any person watching the film. Yeah. Um, I've got a thing there where I think it is when Kambe says to um, Katsuhiro about uh, fighting only brings misery. Again, I think I'm paraphrasing that. Mm. And I've got that. I like the hinted commentary on the samurai morals. Yeah. And that the morals of samurai is more explored in a 1962 film called Harakiri, uh, which was directed by uh, Masaki Kobayashi and stars Tatsuya Nakadai, a film I would love to go into with you on this podcast. Yeah. Um, that's my second favorite samurai film. It's cool. so fucking good. But that's a film that explores the samurai morals. That's the whole theme of the film. Like, in terms of question about the act of Harakiri, which it's... Anyway, that's that film. But I like how even early on in these points, these are early samurai films. And again, as a kid, like myself, I remember, again, loads of people... You know, I've been in Star Wars and shit, but my all, I was always into more Japanese culture. I like playing... I like Asian culture generally. Like, I love watching Jackie Chan Adventures. So I yeah. like... So I like playing ninjas with me mates. Mm. And I like playing samurai with my mates, which would... It would be my little... Because everyone would be like, let's play Star Wars. I'd be like, let's play samurai. they go, it's just Star Wars, Oscar, but... <laughs> I think I think someone wanted me. It's just Star Wars, but boring. I think someone said that to me at one point. I was just like, "All right then." All right. <laughs> Which I think if I, sh- I, I would gut feel if I just showed someone this film, I'm like you like Star Wars, watch this because it's it's black and white and long and foreign. What the fuck. Yeah. Like, I'm like, no, but come on, it's yeah, cool come on. though. Come on, guys. It's like, but look, look at you, Cambay. 
<laughs> the boys. <laughs> Come and look at them. Gorobay. Oh, Jesus. Because, like, it's like, who? They can't pronounce anything <laughs> that I'm saying. <laughs> like, they can do fucking what? Princess Amidala or whatever. The <laughs> like, they can do that shit. It's like, no, I'm bored. I'm just going to watch the prequel trilogy again. I don't like it, but I'm going to watch it again. It's like, <laughs> fucking, like, you do realize that's longer than if you just watch Seven Samurai. Yeah. <laughs> just watch the one. It's fine. Just, yeah. And you better. Uh, but there's that. And I like, but I like, anyway, but I like the, because being younger as well, you know, it's cool to play sword fights, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah. That's the romanticized image of it. It's like, oh, it's cool because of the samurai fights, the sword fights. It's cool. And it's, and it is fucking cool. It's yeah. really cool when you get a good samurai fight. Like just there's one amazing one in the Hidden Fortress, uh, which mm. is the film that did inspire the story type for Star Wars. Another Kurosawa yeah. film that stars Buffoon. What amazing one! I don't think there's one incredible sword fight in this film because it's also frantic and manic. Yeah, it's all just kind of horses running in and and, and trying to swipe at them if you can. And there's never like a samurai versus a samurai. No. So no, that's. No. But again, sword fights are cool. But I like even early on early samurai films still have this question of like but is it worth it mm. like what's the and, and again get get to the end i'll talk about the ending with more so with that specifically um yeah and i've got here like at the intermission at one hour and 46 minutes it's flown by yeah and it, and I love the character arc by Kikuchio because I think that's when that's happened. That's in the first act, I think. No, not the first act, the first half. That turning point with him, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the rest notes at the end. So, Kikuchio, right? Okay. Again, he's kind of just been this goofball for most of the pl plot of this bit. And again, frustrating probably, if you don't yeah. know who he is. If this is your first time watching, which it is, which frustrating it is. character. Yeah, he was for a lot of it. I mean, the, the one the one time that I can definitely say um, would be at the funeral, and he just starts shouting like an idiot. Does he say a stop crying? To yeah, of, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Like it, it, it's it's that bit kind of it took me out of it a little bit mm. when he was because if he'd have just if it had been silent. And he'd have just stood up and run off. Right, It'd have been yeah. perfect for me. But it's the fact that he stands up and he's screaming and shouting like he always is sort of thing. Um, but I kind of grew appreciative of it by the end. Mm. But yeah, you, see, that, I, I, you see, I liked a lot of his comedic elements in it. It's mm, the one bit yeah, where yeah. Uh, Yohei is the other villager that also gets quite a bit of a... Yeah. It was just this old bloke who's just always like this. Again, audio listeners, I'm just going to pull a face, so whatever. Mm -hmm. But when he... Yo, hey, it's just always like. It's ten out of ten audio listeners. It's actually just, just. <laughs> he's he's always looks like he's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like they're lined up, and then like Kichikuo's like, you come on, step forward, and he goes, uh, and then like he takes the piss out of him, go yeah. like that, and all the kids love it. <laughs> and then there's the bit as well where he's just getting armor put on him, and again, Yo, hey's still just there, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Like he's in a constant state of oh no, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. So I mean, excellent. Just like little characters as well, like little just like even the villagers have characteristics because oh, they yeah. could they could just be the thing that the samurai protecting. 
Mm. But it's like, yeah, it's even that moment where Kikuchio is like running after looking at all the bodies trying to find Yohei because he's probably grown attached to the little fella. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> I'm like, I've been training you. I don't want him to die. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But like, yeah, there's moments like, again, I always found like Kikuchio's like comedic moments quite amusing in that mm. sense. And I think it also helps, again, we discussed this last week in the sense of Some Like It Hot is a, a film that, Tony Curtis it was an, isn't a comedic actor known for that, but he's funny as fuck in that film. Yeah. And I think it's a similar thing with Toshiro Mifune isn't a comedic actor, but he's got some solid comedic moments in this, I think. Not, as much, not as much as Tony Curtis, but this isn't a comedy film. Yeah. But that's another no, thing, because again, I remember being younger and thinking to myself, like, is Seven Samurai just going to be this intense three and a half hour, like, war epic? It's, it's a lot of endearing moments in it. Yeah. I think lot... it's the camaraderie between the characters works really well. They mm-hmm. all, I, I, I enjoy watching how they bounce off each other. And it, it, that I think that helps with the pacing of the film. Like it's a fast paced film as is, and it goes quite quickly just simply down to the, the scripting and the structure of it, which is Belisic more. But Amazing. like the, the, the conversation between the characters and how much they get on and how much they love it. it, it mm. It's, what do you contagious it's contagious yes yeah, yeah it is <laughs> yeah no no it is because you're having a good time yeah exactly and, and it makes it go quicker you don't yeah. even realize is your turning point moment of kikijio the moment that is meant to be the turning point for him oh probably is the, it the moment that i mean is when he comes walking in to the barn with a load of the samurai gear Mm. And he's like, look, come on. It's your shit. It's your type of stuff. Like, where'd you get this? I goes, ah, oh, thingy. Yohei has loads or something like that. And he goes, yeah, and he yeah. like, these are stuff. These are belongings of murdered samurai from, so from just bants from when they've just been killed and stolen. This is basically just, it, this is not a, it's, they basically, they basically all right. When them, you're fucking disrespectful, mate. Yeah. And he's just, and again, him not being a samurai is like, look, we're a samurai now. We got the gear. Yeah. And they're like, that's not yours. Fuck off, basically. And then he, I can't remember the exact moment, but it's like, I think he tells all the farmers to get out. And then we have that one close up, that one shot close up, Mm. which I noted down where the close ups are only used for impactful, important moments. Yeah, and that moment is the close-up of the film, of when he's going off on his, uh, when he's on his monologue thing where he's saying, "Yeah, farmers, they're all fucking pathetic. They're all lousy people who steal." And you know who made them like that? You did. All you, all samurai do is this, 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 this. Breaks down, sits down, silence just lingers in the yeah. air for a bit, and then Kanbe goes. Are you a farmer's son by any chance? And then he yeah. doesn't conf- he doesn't say yes or no. He just fucking leaves. Yeah. And it's ah oh, like that's the moment where he goes. That's Kikuchio. That's his story. He's, <laughs> he's a this guy, broken dude. He's a guy who, as a kid's, just had his fucking whole life ripped and torn away from him. Probably yeah. not. Uh, probably by samurai, because again, it, I think corrupt systems have been around for as long as time has come. Yeah, you know, and I'd say I'd say that as that is the implication. I'd, yeah, I'd definitely go as far as to say, 
Yeah. Th- it's that it's the bit later on with the baby. Mm. That's oh that's the that next destroyed row, me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it was before he said anything. It's because it's like well, first of all, the fam it, the bit we're on about, again, I assume people have watched this, so I'm not gonna describe too much of things. But yeah. it's the we get the indication of when the couple go in to get the dad, their dad, mm-hmm. um, to get the husband's dad in this situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They go in the wind, windmill farm thing. And I'm like watching this and I'm, because I forget little moments. And that, but I'm watching this film. I go like, something's going to happen with them. You don't yeah. just set that up. That's not just yeah. a scene, is it? Where they're trying to evacuate everyone. And then Karen is like, we need to get someone. And he goes, okay, off you go, but be quick. So good it, five minutes later though. Yeah, no, yeah, because I did forget you know, about it. Yeah, a little yeah. Bit. And, and then I it, did. It, it is when Kikuchio was like, wait. And then he bails yeah. and he starts running. He sees the windmill on fire, the the farm uh, barn thing on fire. He goes, wait, quick. And Kanbei's like, you can't leave your post. And that's the closest moment till we get to the entire film of like Samurai Code. That's the only yeah. moment. But that's more yeah. like reasonable in the sense of like, we still need to protect, stay. He goes, there's people there. And then he just bails. Bolt, yeah. And they bolt. And then he sees, and it's the woman who comes out with the baby. And then he goes, where's the men? Hands of the sun. Which I oh, think is quite nice symbolic. I assume it's, a, it was a sun. Yeah. It was a boy baby. He goes, yeah. where's, where's the men? And I only caught on with this, with this view. She just hands him the baby. He goes, that's the only man now yeah basically. and then she just falls and then it's like and he goes an hour wound and then i'm watching Tashira mifune hold this baby and then everything's clicking with me before he's even saying anything yeah he's looking at the baby he's looking at the fiery thing he's looking at just this instant of uh i think it's kanbei isn't it who's mm. went with him holding yeah. this dead woman and he's almost like that's my mum. Mm. that's what happened and he goes like this is me this yeah. ba- this is what happened to me and i'm like and again it was an instant where like i so, before he started saying that i was like a bit of my arm got chills there and then it went down this arm and then this arm did the same thing and then my whole body just eventually i was just fucking just like just so head many to toe goosebumps, goosebumps just like uh, it was yeah. but it wasn't like an instantaneous thing it was like a build-up because it was like all these things clicking in my head of like mm. fuck Fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh, no, no. Oh, it's rough, isn't it? Yeah, it's horrible, man. That that I, bit really, really got me. And again, I think if you're not on ball with uh, Kikuchu at that point, then... Yeah, that, that was the moment where I was like, I need to see this again because I now completely get his character. Yeah, because to me, that's why I, he's my favorite character. Because again, yeah. I watched him again even because i knew of tashira buffune before this before watching the film for the first time mm-hmm. and obviously i've seen the poster so i knew so to me he just was seven samurai for the longest time right even okay. even before i had seen the film mm. so when i seen him i was like okay there's summit to him then he's not just a, a he's not just someone who's a bit of a tit there's yeah. gotta be something more to him and of course there is but God, and then at that point he's and even the because I think because the the laughing and joking on him does a complete it's the same mocking that they have from the beginning of when he's on board. Oh yeah, 
but the perception switch it's like when he's first on board it's like where fucking what are you are you 13 like when they look at the family tree type of thing and it's like you idiot and then he's like yeah. coming up back goes, what are you doing you moron and then we're like yeah you moron you weirdo and then it's like and then it gets to a point where i think it is like um it's 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 close to where they're like uh where uh Gora, uh, the, the, the woodcutter. I'm just saying the woodcutter. Where well, the yeah, woodcutter yeah, yeah. makes the flag. Brilliant, by the way. I love how he's yeah. just, yeah, I'm just making a little thing. Here's the thing to represent us. You go, what does that mean? He goes, well, that's the village there, and this is us. Mm. And then, and then uh, Kikuchi was like, why are they different? Why is that? It's like, oh, well, that one's you because. He, ba- he basically went, because we're samurai and you're not. But he, yeah. I forgot what he said, and it's kind of like, oh, well. Yeah, it's like, come, come on, lads. But I, He's also all right. like, but I also like how none of them are never... It, the, their joking is never malicious to him. Yeah. And he's never, like, outright hurt by them. There's that one moment where he kicks off them, but that's more in a sense of, like, them going, you're being disrespectful. Yeah. And then he goes, I'm fucking being disrespectful type of thing. Like, that's the only moment, but it's not like they're like, ha lol, mate. And then he's like, fuck you, everyone. He's just kind of like, oh, how way? Come on. Yeah. Another brilliant comedic moment from him I want to mention just because it flagged up in my head there. Yeah, he's go fucking, on. He's fucking riding the horse. Oh like, my God, it's great. That genuinely is so funny. And it's it's, it a... just completely fucking does him over. It is a it, it makes him look like such a mug. And it's like, it runs off at the end as well as if to be like, yeah, fuck you, off I'm going now. In a bit. It's such it's such a swift motion as well. Like da, 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 and then they go and then the horse goes behind like a shed and then he comes out and then the horse is just off without yeah. him. It's, <laughs> yeah. And then he comes like just limping out, just throwing shit at him. Like, come on. It's so good. Like there's moments like that with him where it's like brilliant and i also like the yeah. little hint of the little hint of him where he just goes when he's like he finally sees all the women he goes like where have you been hiding all these and he's like yeah. it's it's not creepy either. it's a bit of a charm because it's not like it's not like he tries anything with any of them no just no like, it's not like the worst he's, he's just like oh women it's like if he, he goes like oh if i if i collect your harvest for you i'll, I'll collect three times I'll collect three times as much and then we can get comfortable together or whatever. And she's kind of like, what? No. But before, yeah, she's, that... even get, before she's even given an answer, he's fucking hacking away at that shit. He's going, <laughs> he's going hell for leather, mate. <laughs> it's so funny. That's what I mean. He's such an endearing, like, just fun character. He's, he yeah. is like... Um, and I think he was the inspiration for young Goku in, right, the, okay. in Dragon yeah, Ball Z, yeah. which you can see it completely. Yeah. Just Goku's not as horny. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just class. But um, uh, is there any more about uh, Kikujiyo specifically? Um, you... I I can't think of any. With that then said, I think we should talk about the ending of the film. Okay, I'm gonna quickly. Are you gonna turn the to... light on? I'm gonna turn the light on because it looks like I'm. It looks like I'm hiding in a cupboard. <laughs> recording the podcast with you Give me it seconds. doesn't help it doesn't help that we can't see your background so it's yeah, just... exactly. I could be for all you know uh, keep the people at home entertained I'm tempted just not to keep the people entertained but also I don't want to cut this out because that will uh, mean I have to edit yeah it's I that's gonna have to get a little bit's gonna have to get cut out because I couldn't think of anything to do. So I was like, I don't know what to say. So 
Yeah, more more work for me editing then, I guess. But uh, I'm back. Let's go. Bye. Right, the ending. The ending. Fuck me, I forgot. I again, there's I each time I watch this film, which is this now the third time, I walk Mm. away with some with a newfound appreciation for this. First time I watched it, I just appreciate the film in general. That was, yeah. I think I think I appreciate the pacing of it the first time I watched it because I was like, mm. how did that feel so quick? How yeah. was I not bored at one moment in the entirety of this three and a half hour film mm-hmm. uh, type thing? It almost does feel like I've just watched three episodes, um, seven episodes of a miniseries. Yeah. Like an anime mini, like in each episode, which is half an hour long. It feels like I've just been through. It feels like I just watched seven episodes of Last Airbender is basically yeah. the closest feeling Absolutely. I have to yeah, this yeah. film. Um, and the second time I watched this, I think I appreciate the acting a lot more. I think I walked away with that and mm-hmm. uh, just the general cinematography, which we, we haven't even discussed. Uh, Incredible. It, it looks amazing. The film, the whole way through, looks amazing. Incredible. I love the choice of wides. Yeah. I love the choice of things in the frame, like, like frame and position. Mm. again i'm not going to go into specific shots because it's the fucking film yeah <laughs> just the, the whole thing looks great i mean the, just... there's like there's specific moments when i'm watching films for this podcast where i'll see a shot and i'll send a photo of it to julia and mm. be like look how fucking nice this looks i think i've done it the most with this film than i have done yeah. with any of the other ones it just yeah. all of it looks so like, good look at that look at it's it, it, yeah. the one that i think about right now is I mean, any time with the end shot with the graves, yeah. the, anything with the graves, it's such a fucking like nice, like with that the sword in the middle. Visual. And yeah. then like the, uh, anyway, yeah, cinematography is great. But the thing that I walked away with this viewing was I've already said in terms of the, um, the writing, the actual, mm. like specifically the writing and also is the, um, the actual ending and how powerful, of a message it is it's not just a simple thing of like oh a bit sad now because or like oh that's it done now because this very well could have either went we lost bandits have taken over everyone's dead or they could have went really optimistic where it's like everyone's winning we're all good the villagers have got their shit back we're great samurai have won let's go off into the sunset everyone and have a sake there's not like that that could have very well been that as well but we get this weird we get this peculiar mix is one thing i've realized it's a bit of both yeah and the battle the ending battle incredible again it's not a big horses v horses there's not one moment where Kambe or Kyo is not one moment where Kyozu or Kambe or anything face off against the villain. That's another yeah. thing. There isn't, there, there a, isn't villain. a villain. Yeah. There, there is isn't one. there isn't the main bandit. Yeah. Or anything. It's just this force. Which where, I was surprised about, to be honest. Yeah. I'm surprised makes... they didn't have a like a a boss, so to speak, sort of thing. But I'm kind of glad because I think that would have bogged it down so yeah. much more and it would have taken away a lot of the relatability to it, I think. Yeah. Um, like there isn't a moment where Kanbei looks at the dude and he goes like, I know you. And it's like, mm. ah, Kanbei, we meet again all those years ago and blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. They It'd just have to be a backstory and a flashback and a fucking whatever else. Another thing where he, yeah. where, where he kills his mate. 
Yeah. And, it, and it's like, oh, no. And it goes like, oh, I always said I was going to kill him or whatever. But and then yeah. just, to, just to set up to a good, a cool fight, mm. which in all honesty, wouldn't have been worth it. Doesn't need it. Because there's many instances in sword fighting films and even in Star Wars, I'm still throwing that in there. There's Star Wars films that have yep. cool lightsaber fights, uh-huh. but, the set, but the setup has been completely naff to where all I'm watching is a cool fight and no attachment and no yeah. reason for it to be happening. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, all right, it's a Skywalker. Um, uh, fair enough. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, both. <laughs> Both. Yeah, but both work. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but with this, there isn't a cool sword fight. Mm. There's just manic action. Again, yeah. it's the stunt work where you just see dudes fall off horses. I'm sure I saw one dude getting dragged away on a horse. Yeah. Like one dude, yeah, the yeah. horse was just pegging it through the rainy mud and a dude was just being dragged through. I'm like, Probably drowning. Yeah. Like, that, that, that is like... <laughs> horrible i'm watching that i'm like jesus christ how did they yeah. it's like i know how they probably did they probably roped a dude a horse and they slapped the horse and then they rolled yeah but yeah it's probably, it's probably exactly what they did there's no that because there's moments where you just see dudes fall and the horse just stomps over them as well yeah it's like that there's no trickery of that a dude just got stomped on by no. a horse which the 50s it's, in, it's insane man genuinely <laughs> it's insane i wonder how much how much precaution was taken because there's a there's a series that i watch um on corridor digital it's a great series they, they usually do vfx artists react and react the to cg one? stuff stuntman react yeah, yeah. that they, they do a lot of stuff like um things with like keaton and stuff like that with stunts from really quite old films mm. and they still have forms of precautions in place they're not yeah. obviously not as extensive as nowadays but they, they've still but they're usually really well hidden to a point yeah. where you'd never think of that's what they'd do to make that a bit safer. So again, I, bet, only, I bet there's some interesting ones in this. Again, the only thing I think of, like maybe the dude who got dragged wasn't a dude in my bit of mannequin. That's yeah. probably a possible thing because we yeah, didn't yeah. see any movement. We just saw a body getting just fucking yeah, yeah. Well, But the dudes that did fall off and get stomped, that's just clearly just a dude getting just stomped over by a horse. Yeah. Like this. yeah but, yeah. um... But yeah, it's like the fight, and it's like, who's alive at that point? By the final fight, it's Kambe. It's only four, isn't it? No, five. It's only f- four. Four. Kambe, Kyoko, uh, Kikujiro, and the young one, the young lad. Yeah, I'm sure because Gorobe already got killed at that he, point. He's already dead. Oh, Wood his man mate is already dead. That's it. Yeah, no. The leader, the young one, Toshiro Mifune, Swordsmith, and his mate. There's five of and them. His, yeah, his old mate. Yeah, there there's is five. five. Of them. Yeah. So, and yeah, it's only two that two of them die at this point. It's like mm. and the Swordsmith, which is one of the more devastating ones, I think. Not in a yeah. sense of like, it's like he's, and it's not even like he, I don't think he got shot because he was fighting. I think at yeah. that point he was trying to protect it. He was trying to tell everyone, go back, go back. Mm. And then, and then he's down and then he's still getting back up. That's the other thing about yeah. him. He's, then he's right, right. Let me try. I'm not, I'm not going out like this, but then he, then he gets shot again. And he falls to the fucking mud. It's the young guy's reaction as well. 
uh, it's horrible. I... He's like picking him up and mm. Limp. Jesus, just yeah. Gone. It's like it's not a sexy death, is it? There's no, no sexy really death isn't. in this. No, it's just the de- and especially talking about a not sexy death. Mm. Not even a minute later, Kikuchiro to Shirimafune. Oh, again, that's another moment where chills, 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 chills. Yeah. Karen movement's gorgeous in that scene as well. Oh, it's great. He gets shot through a door. Through yeah. a fucking door. He's not even face to face with him. And then he breaks down the door. Again, similar thing to Kyozo. Not giving up. Staying yeah. standard. Because he's like... I look at that moment where he's almost like, this is my samurai moment. Yeah. This is the moment where I'm where I'm gonna take this one out. Mm. And he's not it's not like he's taking all of them out. He's taking this one guy out. And that's yeah. the moment that he's gonna try to earn the respects of them all. That's why yeah. I think of that moment. He's not doing it because like, oh you shot me. Because at that point I think he gives a shit about everyone. Yeah. Like he cares so much about them and their opinion of him. I think that's a very like he cares a lot about what they think of him, yeah. More more so than what he thinks of himself, I think. Yeah, and I mean he's going after the the guy that killed the swordsmith as well, isn't he? Yes, that, yeah, I think so. He, yeah. he, he's got he's going after that guy because he saw where the gunshot came from, mm. and he ends up getting his shot himself by the same guy, but doesn't give up because he, he, like you said, he he cares about these people at this point. Mm. He's he's so like invested in in the group that he's become a part of that mm. he wants to have that moment, and it just makes it all the more sad yeah. for him to be this outsider at the beginning, and him grow into the group as the yeah. film's gone on. You spent like three hours watching this dude grow as a person, and then all of a yeah. sudden, yeah, devastating man. Yeah, and again, not a sexy death. We, I no, mean, not. I at think all. I think we talked about this stuff like in the Godfather films where like people would die and it's bad. Yeah. Like it's a rough death. Similar thing with this. It's not like a oh I've been shot. It's like no, the guy's... he dies in the mud, face down, ass out. Like <laughs> <laughs> Like it's just it is not it's, it's a not bad a good, fall. It's yeah, a bad it's, fall as it's well. A, not a good look, mate. Yeah, and then it's and again, I think that like that grows as well in terms of character arc in the sense of like from our perception, he's mm. the only one dawn in the the samurai armor, which again can be looked at at first like you're being a bit like yeah. insensitive like that, but then it grows in the fact of him not mocking them. He's like, this is the only chance I can get to even wear this. Yeah, to even feel like I'm a part of some. I think that's a big part. He's gone from a young age of being stripped from his entire family and everything. He wants yeah. to be a part of a family is the best thing that I can think of with him. Yeah, and again, you see that when he's and that's explained in the sense of him holding the baby who's now an orphan and saying, "This is me. This is basically what's happened to me." And mm. then at that point, it's like he just wants a family. He doesn't want to be. I don't want to be. The, he's not like I'm going to be the best samurai. Is like I just want to belong. And that's, yeah. and I think again, that's one fucking character arc in this yeah. film, one arc that's done well, that's done amazingly, and all the other ones done amazingly. Yeah. How in a film with three and a half hours long, most TV shows fail to do this within eight hours. Yeah. Like I eight fucking seasons sometimes, like you know, yeah. <laughs> the payoffs yeah. to it, it are, are just so well constructed. Mm. It just it feels so earned by the end. Yeah, and it's uh it's devastating. It's all it's 
I think for the first two viewings, I never quite got this reaction, but this was the first time I did. It's when uh, the young one, Toshiro Mifune's character is dead. He's on the floor mm. dead. The young one's running about, going, where are the bandits? Where are the bandits? Where are the bandits? Bandits. And then Kanbei's like, they're all dead. Yeah. And then the young guy's just on the floor kneeling, bawling, just just yeah. in, just screaming. And for the first two viewings, I was like, oh, that's a bit melodramatic for the sake of melodrama. But now I'm looking at it, I'm like, no, he's devastated because he's like, that's it. It's done. Mm. And he can't get his vengeance. Yeah. For like he I don't did I don't think he ever had like a kill, I don't think. Or a moment like I can't there's there's no direct not like an on screen one. I don't think there's like a big big moment for him. No, like there's we see of course we see Kanbei doing mm. shit. We see Gorobe with the 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 bow and arrow. Kyozo. Yeah. Um we see, I don't think there's ever a moment where he's like, so I almost think like at that moment, he almost might feel like he didn't pull his weight. I think. Yeah. Like that's yeah. where you can look at that moment as, where he goes like, two people have died. One of them was a guy that he was idolizing. Yeah. And another one was someone he grew to be friends with, I think, even though there's no direct moment between those two. But, but you feel as though yeah. everyone... It's yeah. as a group, you know. Yeah, and he's like, he wants that. He almost wants that redemption. Yeah, and it's like it's done. It's over. That's it. He was the last one. <laughs> that, yeah, that. But then that's like the that just seems like the tragic origin story of one of the samurais that we would meet in this film. Yeah, you know, going on to the next one that he's had his tragic origin that everyone else had already had because they were much older than him. That's what I mean. Yeah, because again, within my ending thing, I've got a. Uh, uh, Kazuchiro's journey is uh, no, that's not. Is that right? Oh, he, that his journey is now complete. He is now a samurai. That's why I yeah. thought like the young one. That's it now. Now he's mm. off. Yeah, that was his start. Loads of people had their end. I yeah. like, think he's the only one that will continue, unless if other shit happens. Yeah, like yeah, and I again, agree with that. Yeah, and the last samurai. There's three of them. It's mm. uh, Kanbei. Uh, Shichi Roji. Yeah. So the two already... Already firm friends from the past. And Kasashiro. Uh, uh, yeah. The young blood. And uh, that, and the line that I've got, uh, it's um, it's the line he says uh, to Kanbei where it's like, we survived again. That's yeah. the moment that made me think like, this is repeated. This is not a... This yeah, is this just This isn't a one thing. and done thing. This is just a thing that's always fucking happened. Because I think they said at the very beginning where it's like, yeah, but all those soldiers that we've done, amazing, we're still alive. Yeah. From that. And again, and again, and these two have never been, they, they weren't really like too connected through the entire film. No, but like, you got a sense of it. We knew it. And it's like, once that moment comes back, it goes like, well, here we are again. Yeah. And you can look at that. It's not a thing of like, Get it, we fucking survived again. It's like we've just seen more people we bonded with die. Yeah. Like that's just all we've that's happened. And it's the I'll get my point and then we can have an actual discussion about it. Yeah. Um and it's the last line. It's the moment where we see them, you know, villagers are singing, they're happy, mm. they got the village back, farmers are doing their job again, bandits are no longer an issue. And then 
and this is the moment where uh, Kasuchiro's Kasuchiro's journey, I think, is complete. It's like he's a samurai. Yeah. He looks with Shino. They make eye contact, and she just walks away. He doesn't go after her because he's like, "Well, this is the path I've chosen." Yeah, this like can't that, be sort that's, of thing. That's almost what he saw. He's like, "I don't want to be a farmer. I want to be a samurai." So I guess this is it. I just have to deal with these feelings. Yeah, and that right off the bat, again, as you said, that's the right. Now let's see his films. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's your that's your tragic origin story for a samurai. There it yeah. is. Yeah, you've done and it. The, and then the last, as they're singing, the last line again. I think I'm paraphrasing here. So it's the farmers are the winners, not us. Mm. Turn, and then we see four graves. And the thing that like really like that's the, this is the moment that really like actually clicked with me. Finally, I was like, oh yeah, what did they gain? nothing they bonded Absolutely with people no. and then they died but they at least did it for the farmers it's almost not like it's like this is just the job we take mm. which the right there and then i think is questioning it's questioning the samurai moral but i think you look at that in the sense of like that's that can just be questioning military like any yeah. form of like yeah, fight, yeah. fighting for a cause you bond people you bond with people and then there's a chance they're dead yeah. Like, rough. It's And what have you done it for? People that you're probably never going to see again. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, it's... Yeah. It's very much a commentary on on things like that. And, again, I would like to look more into samurai films now. Yeah. Very much so. And so, if if there's more of that, like, of the samurai morality and stuff that's, that's brought up elsewhere, I'm excited to see that and see how my appreciation of this ending grows from yeah. it basically yeah yeah again harakiri is definitely a film just about that basically. right okay yeah. film, like, that's basically that um but no definitely definitely yeah no, it's it's interesting like i'm so fascinated by like this is like, i've i made it no secret to you robbie that i've kind of mm. been disenchanted with star wars within the last yeah. year within yeah. the last year i've just kind of grown like to not really be into it now mm. I think a lot of, and I jokingly say to you about like, well, why would I watch that? Why well, I could just watch uh, these other film, these other s- films that are that are actually good. Yeah, like it sounds like a yeah. bit of a wanky thing to be like, well, I'll just watch the old samurai films, Meh, yeah. hipster, Meh. But it's like I just get more satisfaction out of these, st- like these stories that are, that I want from Star Wars mm. have been told decades ago. Yeah, they and they're from another country. They're from another culture. But when you look more into the samurai culture, everything people want from a Jedi, it, that's it's it's samurai. It's it's. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's the from the fucking get go of like the dudes in cloaks as the masters as this. Uh, you I know, can, I can see it now. Now that I've seen this film, you can completely see it. And I mean, like, like that with the young guys arc. Overall, like. It, I cared more about what was happening with him and him as a character than I did with Ray in any of the sequel trilogy. Mm. Yeah, no, I can... I just can. just in this one three and a half hour movie. You yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, like, that's... Yeah, and I think, because, I mean, this is... I'm getting a little bit on a tangent of Star Wars thing. Yeah, but no, I, go on. But it's a little thing, and it's related in the sense of, like, what made the original trilogy so fucking good, I think, is because they're borrowing from other things, like other... Mm pieces of culture other pieces of entertainment the sequel trilogy bar and i like 
Force Awakens and Last Jedi. I want to get that clear, but I think yeah. Star Wars now, like Disney Star Wars in general, they're just... And from what I've seen of Mandalorian, haven't seen the show, but what I've seen of Mandalorian, they borrow from just Star Wars. They're not taken from anything else. Like, they're not built... To me, Star Wars these days aren't building on the nuances from another culture or other entertainment. They're just building on what we already fucking know. That's why yeah. I think J.J. Abrams is a big nostalgia trip. He's like, I like Star Wars. Let's do Star Wars. That's why I remember thinking to myself, I would have loved like when Trevorrow bailed from when he got sacked from Rise mm. of Skywalker. I remember I wanted Zhang Yimou to direct Rise of Skywalker, episode nine, whatever it would have been. Yeah. I wanted Zhang Yimou, who's not a Japanese man, he's a Chinese man, but director of Hero, House of Flying Daggers. Because imagine a bit of Chinese culture just injected into that fucking universe. Yeah. With the visual things that that man can bring. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I think, like, some, yeah. like, like, that's what I think Star Wars needs is more just getting things from different pieces of entertainment and different cultures. Because it's a you it's considering it's a galaxy it's a universal thing we're really just sticking to one thing we know whereas like, yeah. i think it really benefits to just get a multicultural look on things because again you look at things from star wars and then you watch old samurai films they you get things like old like the cantina it's like old like western bars from like yeah. sergio leone italian spaghetti westerns you look at like the costumes that are worn by jedi near enough identical to samurai mm. attire and that uh and, I, and that's why i just think that just like i know i just love exploring the eastern culture in that sense and i think seven samurai because i did last last week i watched a bit more kurosawa for the first time i watched throne of blood yeah. um hidden fortress and yojimbo and i really like them I, they're yeah. really good films but there's something about this one, Seven Samurai Man. It's yeah. it's what I it's the reason why I'm into this shit. So much so. And um because it's there's a lot of familiarity to it, I think. Like just general character story types that I know just generally from life, uh, from watching and reading shit. But there's a bit there's a nice uniqueness to it, I think. Yeah. With overall. I, I'd agree. That almost brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> that that speech, that was excellent. But I, I do, I I agree with you in in te- on all of it. Even in terms of the, I haven't seen any other Kurosawa films, but in in terms of what you were saying about Star Wars, about it needing to take from different cultures and things like that. I mean, the 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 prequels. That like, if you see a prequel to a film series nowadays, it's just like, hey, remember this thing. Mm-hmm. Like like in Rogue One, the you better watch yourself guy knocking shields with him. It's like, do you remember this from New Hope? Here he is before New Hope. It's like, all right, but who yeah. fucking cares? But like the prequel trilogy, I'm not defending them. They are dog shit. I'd like they're to make good. that very clear. They are not good movies, but at least they're something. No, I agree. Like, I agree. He, yeah. he's, he's gone in a direction. He's taken inspiration from different things across the world. And he's ended up with this. It might not be good, but at least it's different and yeah. it's something new. Whereas the 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 sequel trilogy, 
if it went for the age of the of the original trilogy actors that come back, literally could take place two days off the original trilogy because yep. it's the same galaxy. It's yeah, the yeah, same yeah. place. Nothing's changed in the 30 years since. <laughs> we've, instead of it being called the Empire, it's called the First Order. That's the only difference. Like my, my again, a little bit of a... But, like, it's linked in a sense. But Last Jedi, like, I've said this to you. I need to rewatch mm. those films, by the way, with now the trilogy's over. Because I, yeah. I haven't seen Last Jedi since 2017, if I'm being honest. Right, okay. um, But I remember watching Last Jedi, and the thing that got me hooked to that fucking film, I watched that film, film ended, cinema, out of it. I was like, this is what I fucking want from Star Wars. Because this was a year after Rogue One disliked Rogue One heavily because I'm like it's just a fucking so, why and I'm like so boring. watch Last Jedi I'm like this is what I need this is what I want from Star Wars and I didn't watch Star Wars I didn't watch Last Jedi I think to myself it made me remember Star Wars it made me remember the feeling of watching Star Wars mm. which watching Last Jedi I watching all this stuff where it's like a lot of Zen Buddhism influenced in there and I'm like yeah. oh that's fucking neat there's the red red room scene with uh, Kylo and Ray, and I'm watching that. I don't know if Ryan Johnson mean, meant for this to be a thing, but I'm watching that scene, and it's just making me think of the scene in Last Airbender, of the show with Zuko and Aang fighting off the Fire Nation together. Yeah. And then I'm just, again, I'm linking things to other things watching last mm. jedi rise of skywalker i'm watching i'm like i remember this from star wars i remember this from star wars ah oh, cool cool how fucking mint would it be if you're watching rise of skywalker and they introduce a new character i don't know who a new character and it's just someone that resembles Tashira mifune from right from seven samurai mm. they're not borrowing a character type from the original films or anything else we know they're, they're not borrow- just doing Gail Finn. Yeah, they're like borrowing they it. They're borrowing it because it's like, oh, that's someone that that and that because to most people could be that's unique. That's a unique like a guy with an over large lightsaber for some reason. Yeah, or like a giant weapon for no reason, and he can kind of or like if Ray was like that, because mm. I mean, there's things in Ray that's very much so like that. Yeah, like her a character archetype, but she just kind of becomes just insert new protagonist here where there's no but like that's why and i think that says a lot in the sense of for a film like seven samurai how it's still i mean we say this a lot with other things this is so timeless of a film i think and the fact that seven samurai is three and a half hours the fact it's old from the 50s in black and white and foreign should not be a thing to turn off anyone in no. fact, I would not want it if it was any shorter. I would not want it if it wasn't authentically Japanese. I would not want it if, honestly, if it was newer. It would have just, I don't know why. If it was a newly made, if the film was newly made, I don't know, some of the charm to it wouldn't still be there. Yeah. And even if it was like um, in colour, I don't know. I think I like it in black and white better. I Yeah, I agree. I like, couldn't see this film in colour. No. It'd it just, lose the effect. That's what I mean. Just something about it. It's like yeah. everything... Again, I said it with 12 Rugged Men. I'm saying it with this one. It's a perfect film. I can't think of anything yeah. to change about it. It is the perfect storm of cool shit. 
Exactly. It's, it's exactly what it is. It's just, Do you know what it is? Do you know, like almost, it's almost like a thing where this is a good way to try to get people into why people might like anime or manga mm. fiction. Because a lot of people have this conception about that stuff. And it's almost like, watch Seven Samurai. You'll like it. You know all those emotions you felt? Excitement, humor, romance, a little bit of that in there. Just yeah. all these feelings. Yeah, that's what the best anime can do for you. So that's what I'll say with that as well. So Because some of the best fucking anime that I like gives me all those feelings. It, yeah, they could get a bit much. There's a lot of anime that's yeah. corny and cheesy, but there's a lot of samurai fiction which is silly and mental, and that that they're fun in their own right. The Lone Wolf and Cub films, ridiculous, but that's what they're there for. The film that inspired Kill Bill, Lady Snowblood, really ridiculously hyper violent. Like there's a moment where Lady, really class film. I love the film. There's a moment mm. where Lady Snowblood like slices some dudes. They stop. They're bottom torso just falls because i think they're being hung up or something the bottom torso oh, okay. just falls and then they're there and then just blood start like bright red blood just <laughs> just just gushing and it's silly <laughs> it's stupid but it's fucking but that's based off a of manga as well so that's obviously right, meant to be okay. more yeah, comic yeah. booky but again there's that's another thing i think this is a good entry point to samurai and i'm glad this is your first proper mm. go at it because I'm not sure if you will find a better one. Yeah. But you've just got all the world opened up to you in the sense of like, right, so if you're into this, you'll pro if you're into this element of Seven Samurai, then you'll like this film. But if you're into mm. this element of Seven Samurai, you'll like this film. That's like what that is, as opposed yeah. to like again, this is the best one. I don't think there's a better one, although a lot of people think the film Harakiri is the better one. There's always a debate with those two films, but... Right, okay. Where Harakiri is more dramatic, this has got a bit more... Mm. It's varied. Fun. It's got yeah, yeah. a bit more fun. Kurosawa is more of the fun action director of a lot of them. Kobayashi is more of like a serious samurai director, which... Right, okay. Excellent variations, but... Depends which one you're in the mood for. That's my final cool. thoughts on Seven Samurai. Otherwise, it's going to be ridiculously much longer than it should yeah. be. <laughs> final, I, I, final wrap up thoughts, Robbie. Um, completely agree with everything you've said. I'm just like, it's I, there was Julia messaged me and asked me how it was after I'd after I'd watched it, and literally the only way that I can describe this film, seeing it for the first time and experiencing it, experiencing the laughter and the sadness and the drama and the romance and everything about it, it's rewarding is the only word I could use to describe it. It is one of the most incredibly rewarding film-watching experiences I've had in a very long time. Mm. I just loved it. And I can't explain why yeah. particularly, but it's just got everything that makes a big epic story all just there in a little three and a half hour bundle and it is a bit it, it, it is it is a lot like I, I, I'll say that to anyone who's going to watch it for the first time it's a lot to get to get invested in but it's so easy to get invested in once you've taken that plunge into watching it in the first place um, so if you want just a really good fun heartfelt rewarding experience watching a movie this this is this is it completely yeah. is it would be my final thoughts 
yeah, no, little tag tags on from that. It is literally that. It's the it's the be- It's one of the best films to watch. Like I would love to. I don't know who we can get. We need to get some people to watch this with us, Robbie. Oh, completely. We need. I, I like. We need to get. We. It, this needs to be a film that it's like fucking. Come on, we're watching stuff. Do this because I do. Like I said, like I think that like. It's not. I didn't want. This isn't the reason, but films like this, and mm. stories like this, are the fucking reason why I want to make a film. Yeah. In all honesty, like it's again, it's not this film specific, but man, like mm. there's films that are the reason why people want to make films, and this is just it. You may have never watched it, but you watch this film and you go like, "These are the stories I want to make." Yeah. Like it's Completely. just fucking great. And another little add point, because this is something I did want to say about the, but before I forget it, we were on about, um, uh, about, uh, Toshiro Mifune's close up monologue. Yeah. Uh, we said about dog day afternoon, how, like, if you just want to get my attention into, into, or any of our attention in terms of if you're auditioning, an actor audition you just want to do a scene and you want to do you should do the dog day afternoon scene where Pacino's on the telephone yeah another one here's another one I'd list here's that, another one that throw it in that Tashira Mifune scene in Sound <laughs> right fuck it's one of the best scenes I think just, oh yeah but yeah anyway if they do auditions for the crime dramas at production too and anyone's listening to this do uh do this and do, do this scene Al Pacino Tashira Mifune <laughs> yeah Either of them two, and you've got it. You've got ah, the real great shit. That, that, for... That's if, that's if either of us get picked. But oh, who's no. to say? I'm looking forward to um, exploring more Sunrise Cinema with you. Yes, Robbie. Might I'm excited. Th- might have to do another separate segment entirely about that. But yeah. that'll be something. I've literally that's just something that popped in my head there. Yeah, but that'll be something. I'll uh, I'll think about it. And discuss with you. In, Good shit. At some point. But anyway, let's move on, Robbie. From mm-hmm. our length. We haven't done a lengthy discussion like that since, like. We haven't. Since. Deer Hunter wasn't even that long. Since. Like, wasn't even that lengthy. I mean. Apocalypse is, Now? I was going to say, this has got to be the longest one since Apocalypse Now. Dog Day Afternoon. I think Dog Day Afternoon was a yeah, fucking long that one. That was a hefty one. Um, right. And with that being said, let's get on to some trivia. Woo-hoo-hey. There's a lot. Kind of, mm-hmm. I d- okay. and as you know, Robbie, we went on Skype, and I was still setting up trivia for yeah. you. So I haven't got them all, but mm-hmm. I've got enough to be interesting. So if you want to cool. look more up about the film, just look it up. Go, just go IMDb. on le- uh, IMDb. I've recently for Christmas I got Akira Kurosawa's kind of autobiography. Oh, so right. I'm intrigued about reading that. Yeah, very seeing good. Seeing what that's like. Uh, Anyway, this the first bit of trivia is a bit of a length, is a big of a chunky piece. So here we go. <clears throat> Sweet. Akira Kurosawa's original idea for the film was to make it about a day in the life of a samurai, beginning with him rising from be- bed, eating breakfast, go to his master's castle, and ending with him making some mistake that required him to go home and kill himself to save face. Uh, Harakiri. Despite a good deal of research, he did not feel he had enough solid factual information to make the movie. He then pitched the idea of a film that would cover 
a series of five samurai battles based on the lives of famous Japanese swordsmen. Uh, Hashimoto, who is one of the screenwriters, uh, went off to write that script, but Kurosawa ultimately scrapped that idea as well, worrying that a film that was just a series of climaxes couldn't work. Then, producer uh, Sojiro Mutoki found... Uh, through historical research that samurai in the warning states period of Japanese history would often volunteer to stand guard at peasant villages overnight in exchange for food and lodging. Kurosawa then came across an anecdote about a village hiring samurai to protect them and decided to use that idea. Kurosawa wrote a complete dossier for each character with a speaking role. In it, were details about what they wore, their favourite foods, their past history, their speaking habits, their reaction to battle, and every other detail he could think of about them. No other Japanese director had ever done this before. Fucking That's man. insane. What a story. You know how yeah. we want to. You know how we want about. We want to make it of. Uh, Citizen yeah. Kane film. I want to make it of Seven Samurai, but this would be a much more calmer one. This would just mm. be an Akira Kurosawa dude just kind of like researching and then thinking to himself, would that be interesting? I don't know. That'll be a yeah. nice film. But man, that's like mental. Yeah, no. That, I, I mean, both, I, I think both the concepts they had before could have worked. I like that a lot. I like, the yeah. fil- I like the film of just a day in the life of a samurai. That's my yeah. type. That's my type Quite of like shit. That. that is. Yeah. Yeah. That like I'm reading that I'm like, fuck a Kurosawa Kurosawa's uh, blog researches would have been a ninety percent. Yeah, been excellent. Uh, it would he could have done loads of that. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to anyone from the Northern School of Art who has to do blogs. Uh, Big ups, unlucky lads. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Akira Kurosawa designed a registry of all 101 residents of the village, creating a family tree to help his extras build their characters and relationships to each other. Jesus Christ. I thought I was doing good when I just sent uh, Joe and Elle a playlist each. Yeah. <laughs> like, these are the music these two characters will listen to. There yeah. you go. I thought I was doing good. My here's, God. Here's Kurosawa being, doing, doing like, here's your family trees. Yeah, <laughs> you're related to this one, and this one likes this one. Except no, because they had a falling out at a family barbecue three years ago. So actually, <laughs> I think thinking that that might be what helped the villagers feel so fleshed out because they're not yeah. just they're not just people like I guess I should act like this like mm. Yohei who's just terrified all the time. What was his family tree? What was his growing up? That exists somewhere. Yeah. Yohei- I know it. Yohei's backstory exists somewhere. I want, you know what? Give me an animated episodic series of all the fucking villagers from oh, Seven Samurai. Nice. Like, yeah. That'd be good shit. Somewhere it exists. Yeah? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where, but it's there to be adapted. Yeah. Um, after months of research, all of the seven major characters in the film would wound up being based on historical samurai. In more detail here, mm. early in the writing process, six of the samurai samurai were conceptualized, all loosely based on historic figures. For example, Kyozo, the swordsman, was based on uh, Miyamoto Musa- Musashi Miyamoto, uh, one of the famous samurai who ever lived. Um, which, uh, little side note for that, 
the Samurai trilogy, which started from 1954, 1955, 1956, mm. is an entire trilogy on Musashi Miyamoto. Oh, Be- right. Beautiful color as well. Like it's mm. color, for t- beautiful. And who plays Musashi Miyamoto? None other than Toshiro Mifune. There you go. So, and also, originally, Toshiro Mifune was meant to play Kyozo, yeah. uh, the extremely stoic master swordsman. However, Akira Kurosawa and his collaborating writers decided that they needed a character they could more identify, uh, they could more identity with. IMDB, come on, identify come on, with. Uh, they need decided they needed a character they could more identify with who wasn't a fully fledged samurai. So, uh, Kikuchiro, uh, I've just been saying it. Kikuchi, the character Toshiro Mifune was created. <laughs> was created, so he was made for Mifune. Uh, right. Since Kikuchiro didn't have an historic basis mifune was allowed to do an unprecedented for a kurosawa film amount of improvisation for the part so a lot of it was just yeah him yeah that's quite cool i like that a lot so the six samurai were mainly based off already established historical samurai figures Mm. which why which makes which might be why we're thinking ourselves a standalone film probably exists for him a standalone they're not standalone films they're history yeah. <laughs> yeah, through the stories of people who lived. Yeah, which Kurosawa just basically made an Avengers for real life samurai. That's, that's actually really kind cool. of mental. Yeah, that's sick. Which actually makes sense when I say that uh, Mifune's character is just the Seven Samurai arc, like mm. because he only exists as a character for Seven Samurai. That's really cool and interesting. Yeah, actually. I like that. Makes me do really want to research each individual samurai, actually. Yeah. Because I wanted to get Musashi Miyamoto's book. Funny enough, Musashi Miyamoto, who was also a Japanese philosopher as well, insane. I love, mm. I, I wish I was born in those time periods <laughs> where it's just like I could be a samurai and then just talk wisdom. And then yeah, that's my life set. And then that's my life set. I don't need a degree or anything. I mean, it would be much yeah, more no. difficult. I wouldn't have any of this shit, but you know. Mm. Yeah, I say but... this shit as in my room, not... I wouldn't have the seven samurai in my life. Wouldn't have, have any of these dickheads. <laughs> Fuck you, Denzel. Is that Sweet. Ethan Hawke? Is, was Ethan Hawke in that film? Yeah, he's like a... He's like a, um, he's like a doctor or something. That's also um, a, a gunslinger man. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, to say. my my original my original thought, Musashi Miyamoto also has a manga series based off his life called Vagabond, which mm-hmm. is a bit fictionalized. You know, it's a bit you know dramatized yeah. stuff. But Musashi Miyamoto is like the samurai, like you know the the guy like the when people think samurai, stoic, mm. doesn't you know Kyozo basically. Yeah, that's Musashi Miyamoto apparently. Like right. that's just. But the Samurai trilogy shows it goes from him being young and how he became a samurai to then just each different. It's a really fucking solid trilogy that, yeah. again, you would probably enjoy that. Yeah. And the trilogy isn't really huge. Again, I think they're about the longest one is like an hour and 40. So oh, right, okay. I watched cool. the trilogy all in one day as one massive epic, but mm-hmm. they're not anyway. But I think, I think that's really cool. The fact how like yeah. you can just look up these real life guys and see what they did 
Um, I also find it interesting how Mifune was mo- mostly improv as well. Yeah. Which is uh, surprising to me. Yeah. Which the link on to that is not only was this Toshiro Mifune's favorite of his own films, but named uh, Kikuchio as his favorite role because he was able to be himself as he quotes. Nice. Which, which I find that interesting. So Mifune mm. was just a really playful lad. Yeah. I like that. I like Big that. Big fan of that. Um, <clears throat> Akira Kurosawa refused to to shoot the peasant village at Toho Studios and had a complete set constructed at Tagata on the Izu Peninsula, Shizuoka. Mm. My Japanese isn't completely excellent stuff fine uh, <laughs> although the studio protested the increased production costs kurosawa was adamant that the quality of the set influences the quality of the actor's performance for this reason i have the sets made exactly like the real thing it restricts the shooting but encourages that feeling of authenticity good shit cool cool uh, very cool the, the rest of this is a lot of Toho related thing. Yeah, you know of Toho, don't you? The studio. In Japan. Yeah, Godzilla. Yes, and this yes. is where this is going to be linked. Okay, uh, cool. An often repeated myth is that the production of this film and Godzilla nearly drove Toho into bankruptcy. Godzilla came out the same year as Seven Samurai. Yeah. Uh, Seven Samurai and Godzilla, same studio. Uh, that's a myth. Uh, this myth neglects to mention a third Toho film made that same year, which is Samurai 1, Masashi Miyamoto, the first yeah. of the Samurai trilogy. All three of these films were the most expensive Japanese films made up until that point and were big financial risks for Toho. However, there is little evidence to suggest that Toho as a company was ever at risk for bankruptcy the studio released a total of 68 feature films that year the most successful of which were seven samurai samurai one and godzilla respectively regardless of risk toho would emerge as the industry leader in japanese cinema but wow. imagine if those three films just fuck just, just nothing imagine if they flopped like they, big time that's a studio gone they, yeah that's like again what we we know godzilla like mm. seven samurai huge huge yeah. film samurai one a start of a trilogy which is also has loads of sets shot on color film not cheap May yeah I not like cheap at the time like i mean not even now it's... no definitely not yeah <laughs> but they were all successful which is really cool yeah I like that's that. very good it's a right it's a nice uh it's a nice um underdog story in a sense even though yeah. there's no if there's no uh evidence that they were close to bankruptcy anyway but yeah but we love a success story i mean you'll probably be bankrupt if all those three films flopped <laughs> that's bankruptcy yeah, well, yeah. itself um it's not like these were the saving grace in the sense of, like we need to save and send these three films out <laughs> uh, um as the production process grew longer and longer Producers grew worried that Akira Kurosawa was spending too much on the film. Uh, as a result, production was closed down at least twice. 
Instead of arguing, Kurosawa simply left to go fishing, believing that the studio had already invested so much money into the film that they wouldn't simply scrap it. He was right. No, that is the samurai way. That's he just dealt with it calmly and collectedly. <laughs> Imagine being that confident. Well, they're not going to stop excellent. it, are they? <laughs> that is absolutely excellent. That's like if I hadn't freaked out when Bearhug got called a write-off. Oh yeah, that one time. If I if I hadn't freaked out and just gone, well, it's not going to stop, is it? So just, just leave yeah. it. It's fine. It's like, well, we have to do it because it's on module, so we'll get That's done. So good. Like he, he just well, they've already spent money on this. They're not going to stop it, are they? So I'm just going to go. I'm going to go f- get a salmon. <laughs> genuinely genius. Massive fan of that. I've only seen. I've seen very little interviews. I've seen like one interview of Kurosawa, and he. Just, it's such like a stereotypical thing to say. Like, oh, a Japanese director is almost like a sensei, a filmmaker. But if you watch mm. an interview of him talking about directing, it's just like an old wise man just telling, yeah. like, <laughs> like, oh, you need to be calm and you need to think things through because blah blah blah. It's just got like it's just. Like, he's like if he's like if Francis Ford Coppola just was always Zen. Right. So okay. he, so he's so he's all he's everything I've seen of him. He's always happy, but mm. he's always in a state of calm. Like, why would I imagine? Yeah. Why would I imagine? Like, if this was the situation, like, I mean, uh, this is the situation. Apocalypse Now. Like, if Kurosawa did Apocalypse Now, he mm. probably would have been like, "Oh, it's fine. It'll be okay. Yeah, it'll that's all work basi- out in the end." That's that's basically what this is. I think. Yeah. Um, Good shit. No, it's great. Uh, Toho pulled the plug on the project several times when it ran over budget, forcing Akira Kurosawa to go back and personally argue with the board of directors, which was convinced that Toho uh, was making a flop. So Toho was convinced they were making a flop. And then uh, Kurosawa would be like, no, you're not, though. Just Come on, lads. <laughs> probably as he's as he's got his fishing gear on I was like look you're already <laughs> spending this much money if you thought it was going to be shit would you he's got his hat on and invest he's holding the rod whilst he's arguing with him he's like Toshiro Mifune but with instead of a samurai sword it's a fishing rod yeah, yeah. it's like look look like, lads <laughs> it's, it's going to be good alright just just leave it <laughs> um uh, Seiji Miyaguchi, who played uh, the samurai Kyozo, had not touched a sword at all before this movie. Editing and careful cinematography were both used to give the impression that he was a master. But yeah. I think that just makes I mean, him more... It. I mean, I, I think that makes him more like... So the editing and cinematography is just one of the best ever. Yeah. Like, right it, off the it's bat. It's just class. Like, how does that work? It's like, you could have fooled me. You could like, I can like, I would have thought he was of like, he would have been doing it since he was young. I'm a kendo champion, like a motherfucker me. No, he never touched the thing. (laughs) But that's another thing with like the, I suppose the casting. Mm, They were so confident in this guy's ability to play that character because he'd be that good as the character. It didn't really matter if he'd used a sword or not. We can cut around that, don't worry. Exactly. yeah, good shit. Uh, Akira Kurosawa did not get along well with y- uh, Yoshio Inaba, who played uh, Gorobe, uh, <laughs> deriding him and yelling at him for most of the shoot. Although Inaba appeared in a minor role in Kurosawa's Throne of Blood, uh, three years later, 
He apparently found the experience of shooting this film so stressful that he limited the amount of film work he did after it. Jesus. Wow. Again, you would again wouldn't have got it. I thought everyone right, would have right. gone. I thought yeah, same. But no. Gorobe. Yeah. Of all the ones. Yeah, he's like the nicest bloke. But, in the film. But, yeah. Uh, yeah who's I know. to say? Was he as Brando? Possibly. Did Gorobe turn up not knowing the lines? <laughs> He's like, right, like, right, listen, mate, right, Anaba, I need you to come in ripped, just fucking yes. ripped, and just a big beard. Shredded and hair to the floor. <laughs> yeah. Off you go, comes in, short, stubby, and he's just got a bit of facial hair. And it's like, mate, what the fuck is this? Well, at least you've learnt your lines. <laughs> he looks at him like, well... Uh, at least I've what now? <laughs> Lines as in... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why did I make that joke in Apocalypse oh, Now? Oh, God. I could have ma- made, made that so easily. I could have made that. It's like Francis being like, Marlon, why? so go through your lines. And then he's like, what? And then Dennis Hopper is like, do you mean these lines? <laughs> <laughs> and that's your one impression a week. And it's not even from this film. Realistically, <laughs> realistically, I'm not going to do an impersonation of this film because then I'll get cancelled. Yeah, you'd be a racist. <laughs> so for you to do an impression of Dennis Hopper sniffing cocaine is absolutely fine. It's <laughs> fine um, for this week, mate. <laughs> You've nailed it. Uh, shortly before filming the battle se- before filming of the battle sequence began. Heavy snow fell, which meant the crew had to water down the set in order to melt the snow. That, plus the scripted plan to shoot the sequence in a dramatic torrential downpour, meant that the cast was working in deep, thick mud. Because it was the dead of winter, the mud would often grow frozen, leaving the cast in their period-accurate sandals, freezing as they try to carry out the action. Akira Kurosawa himself, who stood in the mud with with his actors, apparently grew so cold that he started to lose his toenails. Oh, that's horrible. I was going to say that it surprises me that no one got trench foot. Yeah, oh, yeah. To be honest, like, that that is horrible. There's, um... You know how we're told it's like, just work around a thing? Mm. Yeah. No. Nearly happened with me. <laughs> Nearly happened with me. Remember when, um, I think I told you this, you weren't on set for this, for the mm. first shoot of your it. Um, it just rained out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was very close to thinking to myself, I remember saying to Reese, I, I went and I was like, maybe we can find like a tree or something for Joe and Connor to stand under and shelter mm. and they can go through the lines through that and that could work then i have jack next to me going like, i'm not shooting a rainy film i'm not shooting a rainy <laughs> film and i'm like oh i guess we'll just wait <laughs> i guess we just sit here then it passed by anyway but yeah God, there's nothing worse than thinking to yourself it's gonna go fine it is horrible because you have to just throw out every plan meanwhile i Meanwhile, my first thing is get the black magic Ursa in the camera bag now. <laughs> yeah. Like we had one on Bearhug where um, we'd been doing a full shoot and for the last three shots of this outside shoot, it started raining. 
And so it was like, it was the worst because we had to get them real quickly so they didn't look very good anyway and then bring it inside. And then when it got down to the edit, you could just see the rain in like two shots and right, it hadn't yeah, been yeah. raining for the entire rest of the scene. So we had to reshoot it anyway. It's just, it's just the worst, mate. Weather is uh, the bane of my existence from time to time. I love it when I get a film made that takes place only outside in a field <laughs> made during winter. Yeah. Great stuff. It was fucking freezing getting changed Meanwhile, when I was on set. <laughs> Meanwhile, The Muse, it oh. being filmed in summer, takes place only inside. Yeah. I said to Reese, I was like, I mean, I fucked that up, didn't I? I couldn't have had Muse inspiration this year and your yeah. inspiration last year. And then that's just what that would be. We would have had more sunlight as well. Oh, it'd been so good. God anyway, damn it. Oh, we, well. Um, <laughs> for the love scenes between Sh- Shino and Katsuhiro, Akira Kurosawa wanted to achieve a glittering effect in Shino's eyes. To do this, he used angled mirrors on the ground to reflect light up onto her face. Uh, because of con- constant retakes, Kieko Tsushima's eyes were ultimately injured by overexposure to the glaring light. Jesus. Yeah. Cool technique. I like yeah. that. Doesn't you don't really account for the fact you need multiple takes, do you? With yeah, some no. like that. That's the that's another thing with filmmaking, which I've realized. You come up with this cool idea, like, we could do that, it'd be mint. And then you realize mm. you need to set it up. Okay, fine. I knew what I was getting myself into with this. But for yeah. some reason, the multiple takes always leaves our heads. Yeah. Every time. We know this is gonna be a thing. You don't think you have to do it nine times. That's what I mean. <laughs> we know this is a thing. We understand this is the whole point oh. of it. Yet we're like, we can get the whole film done in a day. It'll be fine. And then we're doing yeah. it. And we're like, we still need like, we, we've only done a quarter of the film, mate. <laughs> now we need to do this thing. What does that need? The gimbal. Shit. Shit <laughs> now. Now I need to balance the gimbal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, it's filmmaking. It's a thing, isn't what a, it? What a lovely thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, production was so stressful that Toshiro Mifune threatened Akira Kurosawa with a gun. What? And this is what I mean in the sense of, like, only in the 50s. You don't hear yeah. about this, do you? You don't hear about, like, a uh, film got stressful on Fan stick. Miles Teller pulled a shotgun on Josh Trank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What is that? What could have even driven him to the point of needing to whip out a gun? That's why I want. I wonder if that's in Kurosawa's book. Actually, I'm so. Yeah. I'm really, I, that's Please keep you, me updated with that. You don't. That's something you don't just leave out. Surely not. You don't like if you're writing an autobiography. You don't just leave out the fact of like, oh yeah, one of my lead actors pulled a gun on me one time. Yeah. No, that's got. It's got to be in there. Sure. But yeah, I like, I think there was another thing where. Um, Werner Herzog and Klaus Klinski. Klaus Klinski, I think that's the actor's name. Mm. I think on Aguirre Wrath of God, which I haven't seen yet, I think Werner Herzog got so stressed at Klaus that he had a gun to Klaus's head to be like, do the fucking lines. Jesus I, Christ. Yeah, so that was the 70s. What was... What, what was, was going on? What were these... I mean, cocaine probably at that point, but like, mm, yeah. what was the 50s? I mean, no rules, I guess. Less yeah. rules in filmmaking. Jesus. That's I like, insane. I like to think um, Mifune had the gun hidden in his 
sword. Like, um, mm. I forgot the name of it. And the sheath. Sheath. Yeah, the sheath. He oh, just, yeah. like, had the gun in there. You know, like... <laughs> You know, like the fucking like in some like in hot with the golf clubs. It's just yeah, that, but it's just like, attached <laughs> to the end of it. It's got a sword attached to the end. You thought it was one weapon, but now it's this. But wait, stupid. Um, it's got like sellotape to the side. <laughs> not even it's taped. It's not even attached. It's just taped. Much more inconvenient to Shiro, mate. What you're doing? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what Kurosawa did to Shiro. What you're doing, mate? Come on. Yeah. Um, mate, can you see I'm trying to fish? <laughs> um, the last two bit of <laughs> trivia here. This is the favourite film of George Lucas. This is George hey. Lucas' favourite film. There you go. Yes, and again, George. And again, him in there somehow, didn't we? My guy. Yep. There's more story. I, I'll save that for... When we talk more about Kurosawa, actually, just generally, because I don't okay. want to overbog this, but there's a fun thing uh, in relation to Lucas Coppola and Kurosawa, actually. Oh, okay, cool. Um, uh, last bit of trivia. Akira Kurosawa quickly earned a reputation with his crew as the world's greatest editor. Yes, Kurosawa edited this film as well. Uh, Jesus. Because of his practice of editing late at night during the shoot. He described this as a practical necessity that is incomprehensible to most directors who on a major production spent at least several months with their editors assembling and cutting the film after shooting is complete. So he was just editing this on the night as the film, as production was still going. I quite like that. Yeah. I mean, I really we kind of did that for Muse-ish. We did yeah, it like, kind of. it, was, it was the next day we would be editing mm. it. But, like, he would film it and then edit it right away. I like that. Reduce the like post-production a phase a lot, actually. Yeah. that's the f- I'm going to admit, that's the first time I found out Kurosawa edited this film as well. Yeah, I didn't know. That, that's great. But what a fu- fucking hell. Like, what a workhorse, man. Jesus, yes. Yeah. Again, I'm a fascinating man, someone I really mm. need to learn more about. Um, yeah. I'll say a little bit of that trivial because I just teased anything. He basically okay. Kurosawa had the big success in the fifties. Obviously, had a bit of stuff in the sixties as well. Fell off in the seventies completely. Right. Like, okay. Like, he was looked at more as like old shit. Like he, mm. his time had already happened, and yeah. he in the eighties he had a bit of a renaissance. He had a fil- a big epic colour. I haven't seen these films yet. But hmm. Kagam- Kagamusha, which was True. 1980, a big epic coloured samurai film. And right. another film called Ran, which was uh, another big epic colour samurai film based on King Lear, the Shakespeare right, okay. uh, play. Yeah. Both of those films produced by George Lucas and Coppola because they were such fans of Kurosawa and wanted him to keep making films that they used oh. their success from Star Wars and Godfather like the success they both had in the 70s and said mm. we're going to use our names to help him get his funded again so he could make fucking great films again so that's like that's great I really where like that. that happened I think yeah I'm d- a big fan they did a similar thing I can't remember with who but they they, they contributed a lot to Japanese cinema in the 80s actually because yeah. they, they were so big fans of it from the 50s and 60s mm. that they were like, 
why should a living master who still wants to make films no longer be able to make films because he's old news? And then yeah, so they no. helped him back up, which is fucking brilliant. Which is a bit poetic in the sense, I think Sophia Coppola, although not helping, not funding Francis's films, she's keeping mm. him in with, like, he's producing all of her yeah. stuff. So, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, pay the way forward, I guess, with that stuff. Yeah, I quite like that. But yeah. Again, I would love to talk more about... Again, I'm enthusiastic at just talking about fucking, like, just Japanese samurai cinema stuff. Again, it's a thing yeah. that I don't... It's a thing I don't get to talk about a lot because no one else really gets into it as much as I do. So I'll, I'll find a way for the intermission to just do a segment about... We'll keep about, doing it. Just do it. Um, and with that being said, let's move on now to some negative letterbox reviews. Sorry, I got... Um, sisters, just come on. No, all right. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, I've got a prediction for these. Go on. I imagine ninety percent are just going to be this is boring. We will see. <laughs> oh, the first one, half a star, foreign, not doing it. Um, oh, oh, I thought you meant as in. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant someone had rated it half a star because it's foreign. No, the review is not very good. The review is foreign. I'm not uh, doing it. You're not doing it. One of these days. Um, we'll find out. One day again, <laughs> I want it just to be a moment where I just say a fluent sentence entirely. That'd be incredible. And Genuinely, brush it off like what, it's what a moment. Brush it off like it's nothing as well. <laughs> like I just ramble in Hindi. <laughs> just randomly. <laughs> a language I didn't know you were learning. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. Um, half a star. Ew. That's it. Ew at you. Ew at you? you? Yeah. Ew um, at you. Uh, this is a... Okay, it's not as long as I thought this was. Okay, this is going to be interesting. Um, yeah. Half a star. Okay. I love this movie. It's either a four and a half or five, but I'm here to review Slefor. Season one, episode four of The Mandalorian, which is basically just a remake of Seven Samurai anyway. <laughs> right, hang on. I'm gonna no, continue I'm gonna continue Good reading goal. it. I'm here to review season one, episode four of The Mandalorian, which is basically just a remake of Seven Samurai anyway. This episode was good, but they pulled a fucking crash at the end and didn't even bother to set it up. If they had just cut to c- Cara Dune looking concerned and walking into the forest this wouldn't have been an issue but they just couldn't fucking bother so instead they pulled a crash you fucking fucks fuck you Bryce Dallas Howard or whoever made this decision damn that one decision docks like three stars take it away Robbie I don't know I have no idea what what the ending of that episode of that is that he's talking about because I haven't seen it in so long but as far as I'm aware, that is not a remake of Seven Samurai in any way, shape, or form. Um, they've got, like, stormtroopers coming in to attack a village. So I guess that is where... It, and, and Mando protects the village. I'm guessing that's what they're saying. That's more Yojimbo. Like, that's more yeah, like... That's, that, that's, that's more like a fistful of dollars to... Yeah, yeah. It's just him and, um, and Gina Carano protect right. the village. And they set up like booby traps and stuff for 
the stormtroopers and then a walker comes in at the end and they're like oh no a walker and then they take out the walker and that's that's the end of the episode <laughs> as far as i remember and bryce dallas howard directed it so that's probably yeah, why yeah. he was on about bryce dallas howard that's just one of my favorite things there is, there's a half a that star was so review dumb. there's a half a star review of man on seven samurai for a mando episode yeah just talking about a random episode of the mandalorian for no reason what is that about? That might have to make Hall of Fame for me. Just like, we'll see. Yeah, just, just out of yeah, half a star. I'm not here to review this movie. <laughs> by I'm the here way, to talk about the... this completely unrelated thing that came out 64 years later or whatever. The fuck. <laughs> by the way, love Seven Samurai, but it's half star because fuck yeah. this episode of Mandalorian. <laughs> 66 years later. Um, <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Half a star expired. Okay. What does that What does that mean? Um, half a star. Hello, Daniel. And there's a comment. Did Daniel reply? <laughs> it please be Daniel. Someone called Dan Pierce. Someone's jaw is looking vulnerable. What? The- <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> so that's a bloke called Daniel who loves this movie. And his friend's gone on and um, put Raid at half a star and said, hello, Daniel, out of spite. And then Dan's just like, I'm going to fucking deck you. I'm going to knock you out, mate. That is brilliant. Hall of Fame. This, this is yeah, a that's str- Hall of Fame. This that is a, is a strong one. The, <laughs> that's something Lewis and I would do. I don't think I told you about this. Oh, I just started God. reviewing Christmas films this year, but yeah. just to slag off Lewis for his shit Christmas opinions. And it, <laughs> So I would watch them, and I would be like, like the film, but just so everyone knows, Lewis thinks this, fuck yeah. Lewis. And then Lewis would just be like, <laughs> you know what, oh, I'll, I'll make that the end. I'll read that at the end of this, okay. of this whole thing. I've, I've, got, I've got a message for someone. Um, Tyler McCulloch, who is a level four film student, yep. he, won't, he probably won't listen to this, but he put a vote thing on his Instagram the other day saying, is Polar Express actually a good film? No. no it isn't Tyler no, it isn't. Um, no. he was on the side of yes it's a bad movie yes, it yes. looks weird and everyone's played by Tom Hanks and it freaks me out so it's not not fuck you per se but fuck that movie that's <laughs> also another film that Lewis likes to watch on Christmas time it's so bad but he also has only watched It's a Wonderful Life once and that was years ago but yet he continues right. to watch The Santa Claus as in the one not oh the first God. one the- the first one he likes the f- the first one he says is his favorite Christmas film, but uh-huh. he, but he also watches the one where it has Nazi Santa Claus in it. Um, uh, what the third is that the third one with Jack Frost? I think so. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, and he Jesus also likes Christ. he also likes Last Christmas, and that's where I'm leaving it for now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it, up. grow up, Lewis. Anyway, um, <laughs> half a star. We're not getting any better, are we? We just fucking... We, we peaked. We peaked too early. Uh, half a star. Long, boring, bad acting, crap plot, crap characters, lousy direction. Of course, I must be wrong because it's one of the best films of all time. I must have seen something different to what everyone else has been masturbating over. Something long, boring and shite. All right, mate. Well, you're a crap person, I yeah. would say to that person. Not going to give you any time of the day with that. It's just yeah, wrong. No. It's wrong. Just uh, incorrect. Another half a star review that's in Spanish. Nope. Um, nope. Not doing that. <laughs> one uh, of these days. Here we go. Here's another lengthy-ish one. Ha, mm-hmm. is this from the same person? 
No, it's not. Maybe. We're fine. It's not. It's not the same person who did Ma- a Mando review. <laughs> uh, half a star. The movie is very long, and not because a lot happens, by rather due to the unforgivable length and drawn out scenes. It might have been an applauded strategy back in the day when going to the cinema was expensive. Question mark. And the length what? might give. And the length might give an additional bang for your bucks. However, as a modern viewer with plenty of entertainment options, the timeless masterpiece really is a letdown. I'm sure a lot of the viewers of this movie are able to trick themselves into believing this is a masterpiece due to various reasons. But the fact is that the vast majority of today's audience would regret spending their time watching this, and I am certain the rating is heavily inflated due to only a certain type of people are going to watch it. Also being such a long endeavour, the cost-sunk mentality and or the Emperor's clothing effect probably kicks in for the most... for most... uh, kicks in for most film critics slash enthusiasts. Right, here's my... uh, There's two comments on this. I'll read that and then I'll get to my thing here. Uh, Someone said, may I ask how it was a letdown? No answer to that. Someone also put, just finished watching the film a few minutes ago and you sound like an alien to me. Letdown, overly long. I fucking love this film. I wasn't disappointed for a second and I seen a thousand films. I can't understand a word you are saying. Right, here's the point that I make. Have your opinions. If you don't like a film, you don't like it. It's when Mm. people start saying... People are tricking themselves to thinking it's good. That's where yeah. I have an issue with. Because then you're outright insulting people, saying you're, yeah. you're saying you're fucking stupid for liking this. Which... It's like, also, it, his argument doesn't make sense because he said it's so long that hmm. because there's so much movie that you think it's good because it's long. Right. I've seen the Hobbit movies and I think they're dog shit. They're all like three and a half <laughs> hours long. Not right, that long, I don't think, but they're, they're, they're lengthy. Yeah. They're lengthy and they're fucking shite. And I can say that they're shite. Just because something's long doesn't trick me into thinking it's good. Like, yeah, what, no. what are you talking about? What kind of a tactic is that? <laughs> you moron. <laughs> you know what, mate? You're the idiot. <laughs> You're tricking yourself to thinking it's bad so you can be cool. <laughs> yeah, so you, so you can be edgy and not like this movie. Because you don't like yeah. happiness for some reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's another half a star review. That's I don't even know what language that is. Not trying it. Um, Excellent. This One is of what these we, days. This is what we get when we start venturing into the first foreign film of the intermission. <laughs> I just I'm like I can't read any of this, Robbie. Um, uh, half a star. So awful, so painfully long. It's a fucking thing. I don't care that it's on IMDb's top 250. It's only getting a half a star from me. I much rather just watch The Magnificent Seven. Well, okay then. Well then, do what you want, but yeah. you're wrong. Haven't seen The Magnificent Seven, any of them. Don't watch the new one. I will. I, w- I want to watch the original just out of curiosity. Yeah. I've only seen the new one, <laughs> and it's it's no good. <laughs> Um, one star. I lost four fingers in a tragic mining accident and only counted six total samurai throughout the whole movie. Very misleading title. What? What? <laughs> I don't get it. Is that a joke on, like, he lost four fingers in a mining accident and, like, four samurai died in this film? Or... 
I don't know. Did this person actually lose four fingers in a mining accident? Oh, is he on about counting them on his fingers? Because yeah. if he if he loses yeah, he is, yeah. four fingers, then he's oh, I get only, it. He, yeah. only six, so he physically can only count six. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that review. You are the worst. <laughs> right, final one. Okay, uh, one star. Bad acting, incredibly boring, uh, and black and white. Like, that's a criticism. Like, yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> right. Fuck you. Right. Hall of Fame has to go to, hello, Daniel. And... <laughs> yeah. And Daniel's reply is getting thrown in there. Oh, yeah. I'm th- like, it's a set, that is. That's yeah, like, that's a set. Uh, uh, the person who posted that was Jackass95. But nice. Jackass, like, you know. That must be British. Is that his only review? Please be his only review. If he set up a letterbox account just to do this, that's I'd only, like to shake that man's hand. This is only fucking review. Oh, that's excellent. He's only fo- he got- he's only following two people, so he's definitely just got it because his mates have told him to get it. That's so funny. And he's th- he's following three people, and he's got two followers, so he's definitely just following his mates there and his favorite films. Shrek for Shrek Forever After, Shrek Underrated, the th- Shrek the Third, Terrible, Sh- Shrek Two, the and, best Sh- one. and Shrek, <laughs> absolutely great. So that that is top stuff. What? <laughs> also, we've managed to swiftly get my opinions in on all four Shrek films there. So <laughs> yeah, well we done, everyone. We don't need the planned intermission episodes for that. You know the ones we were yeah, saying. No. Shrek Toba that we, we we planned to do. <laughs> You know what? I'm genuinely just going to leave a link to Jackass95 to just yeah. in the description. <laughs> he's, he's Go new... follow him. Remember that one dude? Was it Blue God that we just kept coming across? Oh yeah, the same guy. We haven't come across with him in a while, but no. But you know, I miss, I want... you. I miss you, Blue God. I want Jackass to just be like a fucking like. Just keep coming. <laughs> What's Dan Pierce? What's his films like? Give him a shout as well because he had a good response. He's yeah, definitely. He did. Much... He's definitely much more of a letterbox guy than his mate he's Jackass. Go, he's going to be a film fan. No, because he's he's got the letterboxed pro, oh, okay. which, which means you pay for letterboxed. Which Jesus. So he's a fan. He's got all the stats mm. and all that. He's logged two thousand over two thousand. He's definitely a letterboxed guy. Yeah. And his favorite films are Predator, Inglorious Bastards, Scarface, Reservoir Dogs, Dan Pierce. He's actually Fair seems enough. like he's got good shit on his. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like. We need. We need. We need. Like, get in contact with these guys somehow. Yes. <laughs> somehow get them on the podcast and just do a thing because that's brilliant. That's excellent. I love that. It's my favorite that is, one that we've done this season. That's good shit. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do a heart react on the Skype call and see if that's even a thing. There we go. It is. I don't know if it shows up on a. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> on, on record, I'll see when I'm editing it. Excellent. With that being said. Right, yes. we've gone for a while. I thought it would. We have, but um, I'll check exactly how long it's been. I've been recording for two hours, nearly three hours. Yeah, like, two hours fifty-eight. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's begin. To, oh yeah, now you know what? Should I save that for another point? My Lu- on, my, my rivalry with Lewis over Christmas letterboxed. <laughs> you can do it now. You I'll do, do it, it now. We're moving oh, away. Yeah. I'll do it now, and then we'll begin to sign off. First, no. first thing I did. Because I got sick of him just saying that. I, I take the piss out of him for having bad taste anyway. Yeah. So I just got sick of him saying that. Like, one comedy went to me. Where, 
most Christmas films are just dumb anyway. I'm like, you're not watching the good ones, though. That's what I mean. You're only watching dumb ones. Because I got annoyed because I was like, wait, did you say you liked Last Christmas? Because that was the first thing that I noticed. I was like, did you say you liked Last Christmas? It was like, um, yeah, it's fun. It's silly. It's whatever. It's like, Man. It, it's it's not even like ah oh, it's a little bit bad it's just uh, I'm it's not even, terrible i kind of want to do a commentary about it actually we make that i'd love next... to i'd love to yeah. do a commentary on that film we need to get it's... we need to get someone who hasn't seen it reese yeah Me... strictly for strictly for the twist has yeah has leo seen it does leo know about it leo hasn't seen it i don't know if he knows the twist if he doesn't know it i say we get him for a commentary. Yeah, okay. We yeah, get yeah. someone who hasn't seen the film because I want yeah. someone's genuine reaction to that shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolute dog shit. <laughs> but um, then I uh, I watched Happier Season. Actually, a really good Christmas film and an underrated okay. one from this year. Um, okay. And um, my review, literally on the 13th of December, I put Lewis in quotes. Most Christmas films are dumb, to be fair. And then I just put, mate, get watching the Christmas films that are actually good, then reevaluate your festive cinematic taste. And then and then he commented saying, got nothing on the Santa Claus 2, Toy Santa's Invasion of Poland. Fucking hell. <laughs> to which then I, I watched Happiest Season the same day again, because mm. I enjoyed it. To which then I put, update, Lewis watched the remake of A Miracle on 34th Street earlier today and believes it's better than the original. More, ev- more evidence towards his abhorrent festive film viewings. And then I gave a little review on Happier Season, but that's not why we're here. Um, <laughs> and then I watched the night before that exact same day. And mm-hmm. then I put update. The other day, Lewis actually watched Christmas with the Cranks for pure enjoyment. The man knows no festive joy. Me and Leo watch Christmas with the Cranks. It's <laughs> horrendous. It's so bad. It's not good, is it? It's just the worst. This man is just in his home, and he's like, what's on now TV? Oh, Christmas with the Cranks. Let me stick that on. It's so bad. Do you know what else is awesome? You can get just generally. It's a Wonderful Life. Fucking yeah. what you're playing at. Um, One ninety nine. we rented it for on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. get it. It's fine. Uh, and then the next piece of Christmas thing I watched was... Did I watch anything? I watched Happiest Season again anyway. And then I went, <laughs> yes, I have watched this for the third time within a week. And then I put, update, Lewis watched Polar Express today, continuing to prove that he knows nothing about what is actually a good Christmas <laughs> film. <laughs> and I think that was it. I think that was the last thing I put. Jesus yeah, I, Christ. Yeah, I didn't finish it off. I watched uh, The Holiday and I didn't... I watched Little Women in the Holiday on Christmas Eve. Lovely. Nice. And Green yeah. Book. Green Book in later in the day. That's a good, like, nice little festival. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a good size one. Or anything. But, yeah. In Lewis, conclusion, grow up, Lewis. Grow up, Lewis. Watch actually good shit. Um, yeah, watch, watch Klaus Lewis, you prick. Yes, he still hasn't seen it. Like, it's I so watch good. It. I want to watch it. I'm like, well, why don't you watch it? It's yeah, good. So yeah, it's, it's a great. good one. Um, anyway, with that being said, we may yeah. as well... Why is it said? Why is it only recording nine, ten seconds? Did it just? Does it stop after three hours? Surely not. No, I'm still going. No, I mean the screen recording. Oh, maybe. 
if we if we lost visuals. I'll figure it out. Imagine we've, we've lost visual own. contact, lads. I'll see if it even was fine. Doesn't matter. It's figure it out. We're gonna sweet. wrap up soon anyway. Okay. Um, I want to. Uh, yep. Next week or the next the next episode. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a film, is it, Robbie? No, it's specifically. Not. It's going to we're be doing exciting. An, we're doing an intermission podcast episode, mm-hmm. but this episode is going to be us discussing our ten favorite films of 2020 UK releases. I want to make that very clear because a lot of people are kind of like, "But what the fuck have you got in 2020? Is there ten that you can talk about?" Yeah. In the UK, I want to remind people: in the UK, we in January and February we got Jojo Rabbit. 1917, Parasite, uh, and Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and a few others. So mm-hmm. they class as 2020 to us. But there was also some other actual films that came out in 2020 yes, that are a good that shout. Exist. <laughs> and we'll discuss them in the next episode Yes, uh, of that. That'll be the first one I've done with you. I've been doing them since 2012, just yeah. generally. So this will be the first one I'm doing with you, Robbie. Let's and, do it. Um, yeah. Links, description, they're all there. Everything there. Instagram followers there. That's all I really have to say. There's not really much else to say. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Fun chat. Fun chat. Watch Seven Samurai. Go Uh, watch it. It's a good time. And uh, yeah, Uh, Robbie, sign us out. Oh, shit. Uh, Well, then it's it's a goodbye from Denzel. Uh, It's goodbye from me. I'm looking around, but it's a goodbye from Hand Sanitizer. Um, and it's goodbye from Oscar, I assume. No, I'm still I'm staying here. Well, <laughs> I, well, well I'm leaving, so <laughs> bye, Oscar. <laughs> bye, everyone. Bye. bye.